Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. Hey, I'm Martin. We are the Argonauts. Every two weeks, I'm going to go in and try and solve an old defunct ARG. And Marn's going to tell me what I should have done instead. That's true, and this week we are covering Ben Drowned, otherwise known as the Haunted Majora's Mask Cartridge ARG. Yeah, let's kick it off with questions. Yeah, we've got a lot of great questions this week. Uh, I'm going to start off with one uh, from Fantast. Uh, who wrote in and said, are there any types of puzzles slash mediums you wish showed up in ARGs more often? Uh, I, to go along with the theme this week, I think that it would be cool if, like, playable games showed up in more ARGs. I know that that is a big ask, because not everyone (laughs) is a game programmer. But, like, even, like, a little, like, interactive fiction thing would be neat. I just like the feeling of, like, progressing through, like, an actual game while you're also playing the larger ARG. So that would be pretty cool. I know that I always enjoy it when an actual, like, physical game shows up in an ARG. When everything ends up being a code or a hidden image in an audio file or something like that, it all starts to feel a little samey. Yeah. Because even if you're using a different cipher each time, at the end of the day, the solution is we solved a cipher and got through to the answer. Yeah. Um, I love it when something like a, it sounds dumb to say a word search or um, like a, a scrambled thing like that shows up. But um, things like the um, that coordinate puzzle that we covered in the Frog Fractions 2 ARG, where uh, they had to put together what the different cities were and um, a coordinate in that city or a time in that city. I don't remember exactly what how, how exactly it works, but putting together that kind of um, either a logic puzzle or a, a tricky puzzle like that is always interesting and a breath of fresh air. Um, and it gives people that aren't uh, as inclined to do a code puzzle or something like that, more input on the game itself. Yeah, I also like ones where, like, in-game, it's like you're hacking into someone's account and you get to see, like, the back end and it feels like cool stuff that you're not supposed to be seeing and you feel very secret. I like those. That, that stuff's always really cool. It's really rough to avoid the, like... Well, they had us hack into this email account, so maybe we should hack into the Twitter. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should hack into their personal email account. Like, I, I like it when those puzzles show up, and if you're going to implement it, you got to be very clear that, like, yeah. this is the one email account you're supposed to hack into. Yeah, I think that's the kind of thing that you have to kind of build up to and yeah. have the characters be like, okay, we need all of these components to hack into the back end of this thing. And so, like... All of these what? Like, all of these different, like, components, and then we can hack it so the, so, like, the people playing it know that they're solving a puzzle, and, like, their reward, quote-unquote, is getting to hack this, like, email. Yeah, I do like that kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. It's... Um, so we got two similar-ish questions on Twitter. Crow's Quartz and Werefolk uh, both asked... Uh, As writers and ARG fans, do you have any tips on writing and running interactive media? So like I always do, I'm going to pull into my D&D experience here a little bit. Um, Part of running a game beyond just writing out a plot or coming up with synopsis is understanding that people are going to interact with it on different axes. Yeah. 
outside of just creating puzzles that are uh, like we were saying before a cipher or a um you know a a cipher, a translation, image refactoring, whatever you're going to do, having um, some other kinds of uh, puzzles goes a long way to being a more inclusive on one end, but also a more creative feeling game. I know that part of my struggle with the past two games that we've covered have been that they didn't really have any puzzles beyond the one kind that they just went back to over and over again. With Spectacular Organic, it was Morse code hidden on pages, and with Sexy Girl Max, it was just spectrometer images. Yeah. If you go from a cipher in one puzzle to a word find in another puzzle to uh, an image that needs to be refactored into another, into four images that need to be put together, you both invite more people to the table to solve your game, and you get a broader spectrum of experience into the game. And when you have four, I don't know, four medium puzzles in four different mediums, are better than like one great puzzle repeated until it gets old. I do like having like a touch point of, oh, hey, we solved it down to this point and we know that this game is using base 64 or has a certain type of cipher that they keep going back to that we can recognize on site. But having the steps that you get to that point being different ways to get there uh, makes the game feel more robust and well-rounded. Yeah, I was going to say, I think... um especially if your players are new to ARGs, it helps to have like the first few puzzles be like kind of teaching them the language, so to speak, and having like them learn how to recognize certain ciphers on site. I think that's kind of important if that is the kind of ARG you want to do with like ciphers and like encoded stuff. Uh, you kind of have to ease your players into it. Yeah, and having puzzles that build off of each other is really cool too. Um, because they let your people learn what you're doing as you go in. And it also lets you, um, when a new player jumps in on puzzle three or four, it's easier for the players that were there from the beginning to say, hey, here's how we got to this point. Because yeah. it built off of each other instead of just, well, there are a lot of games that I've played in where you look at the past puzzles and you go, those don't matter now. We already used those to get this password. So it doesn't matter how we got there. Um, I I remember that playing in a different ARG, one of the John Dies at the End ones, we had a puzzle that we couldn't figure out at first until we realized that the number that we were looking at was an ISBN number that pointed at a book. The next puzzle that was implemented, or at least one of the more recent ones after that, was a book cipher that pulled from different printings of John Dies at the End. So the way that they, they, they worked out the puzzle was including an ISBN number and then a you know page uh line word thing like that so as players in the game we all said you know oh well i've got the hardcover edition so let me grab that someone else said well i've got the soft cover special edition let me do this um but it built off of that knowledge of isbn numbers that we learned from the first puzzle which was it wasn't even a book cipher it was just we needed the title for a book to do a thing having that kind of build is really good just kind of puzzle design it's you're basically building in a tutorial into an ARG, uh, which I feel like ARGs could desperately need sometimes is tutorials. Yeah, I I agree. Especially if you know that you're going to be attracting players who maybe have never gotten deep into an ARG before, like tutorial stuff like that definitely makes it more accessible for a lot of people. In addition to those different styles of puzzles, change it up and have characters to interact with. Um, it is tough to maintain multiple uh, Twitter accounts and stuff like that. I know that I 
the struggle hosting a Twitter account for this show and my own phone, or just, you know, me. Um, on my phone, it can be a little annoying. But having that extra layer of a character to contact for the players, uh, whether it be through tweets to people, through emails, through stuff like that, um, as someone running a game, it gives you an out of a reason to drop information on players. Yeah, or like hints even. I feel like with a lot of people trying to design a puzzle, there can be a fear that what you're doing is too straightforward or that you're just straight up laying it out for people to solve. And what I found is that that is rarely the case. I don't want to tell you to underestimate players, but it's easy to get wrapped up in the fact that you have been designing this puzzle for a while now. And so obviously when this puzzle makes its way out into the world, they're going to solve it immediately. Um, and things look obvious to you because you've been staring at it for a while. It's the same way that if you're writing, everything either looks really good or really bad. And that's because you've been sitting with it for a while. It's not until you leave and then come back with a fresh pair of eyes that you realize, you know, I never actually told my players X, Y, Z about a character. I never actually introduced a character that I meant for them to be interacting with. I, I never actually explained any of this plot, even though it's in my head is the reason things are happening. Sometimes you got to be less than subtle with players. Yeah, kind of in the same vein, I would caution against doing too much improvisation. I would say at least um, kind of try and sit down and work out like point A to point B of all the different uh, like plot beats you want your ARG to go through. Maybe not like work mm -hmm. out the puzzles first thing, but be like, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is introduce this character. And then they're going to ask the players to do this thing. And then by doing this thing, the players are going to figure out this piece of information and kind of make yourself a loose outline. And then you have something to work with and you're not constantly saying like, oh, I need to come up with what's going to happen next. There is a um, a game concept that I know they talk about a lot on uh, the podcast Friends at the Table, which is a really good actual play podcast if you're into that kind of thing. Um, but one of the things that the game master from that podcast talks about a lot is the concept of um, making maps but leaving holes. Yeah. With an ARG or something of this multimedia nature, the holes that you're going to leave should be smaller than they would be for something like a and d game. Yeah, and I know when I ran like a mini ARG for some friends last year, I um a thing that I did was I outlined super loosely what was going to go down and then at certain points I would say like, okay, the players are going to make a choice here and here's a couple different ways that the plot can change depending on what choice they make in this instance. So I think that's important too. Okay, uh moving on. Uh, B on the Discord asked, which tie-in ARGs do you think did the best job of being connected to the media they were promoting? Uh, I'm going to let you take the bulk of this one, just because I don't have much experience in looking at a bunch of different ARGs. <laughs> I only know the very few that I know. Um, of the ones that we've looked at so far, I think that Frog Fractions 2 did a really good job of connecting with the game it was a sequel to on a... Like, on a gameplay narrative level just by being the weird sequel to frog fractions um you know like they said when they released the final game the final game had frog fractions three in yeah. its credits um 
so I feel like that one just like connected really well, but I don't have much other experience. So I'll let you take this one away. Um, yeah, I would say obviously Frog Fractions, probably the Dark Knight ARG, which we have yet to cover because it's so dense. Um, probably the Mr. Robot ARGs, because I know they had a lot of like, or at least part of it had like a live action component where people went to like this pop-up restaurant at Comic-Con and they like got invited into a ba- like a secret back room to do like secret hacker stuff, which is super <laughs> cool. That's really um, cool. Probably the Blink Network ARG that Andrew and I met doing because that was a lot of fun and it was basically structured like a prequel to the book that it was promoting. So it was telling like yeah. an entirely original story in the universe of the book, but it was still totally canonish to the book. Yeah, I haven't gone over with a fine tooth comb to see if anything doesn't match up with what we did, but it's a pretty cool prequel. Yeah, because the premise of the book is that it's set in the future, but the ARG was like, this is what's happening now as a prequel to the future that is in the book. Basically, it was about this uh, company that appears in the book as like a live streaming slash like surveillance company, and it was kind of about how it progresses from being like a live streaming startup to like evil. Yeah, like starting as Twitch and ending up as like or well it was cool i liked it a lot yeah it was a really cool game where we were like it was very funny after reading the book going back and realizing that like the the plot of the game was we're interacting with these people at a tech startup that have a really neat idea for what's basically google glass and then we read a book about how it ended up like destroying society yeah (laughs) yeah i thought that was good because we were also getting excerpts of the book the whole time we were playing and kind of slowly realizing like Oh, these guys become the kind of like the bad guys here. <laughs> Are we the baddies? And right. we also got a email question. Yeah, we got a question from Duniversity that asked if either of you fine hosts ran an ARG, what would it be about? First of all, I appreciate the compliment. Yeah, thank you. Uh secondly, uh pay attention to the space and find it no um <laughs> what would you have your arg be about uh well the last mini arg that i ran was about a hacker that got uh it was about a hacker that ended up working at this app company that kind of worked for this like nebulously evil corporation and they were enlisting people to, like, hack the firewalls of the corporation and steal a bunch of their data. <laughs> See, I would pin you more for, like, I don't know, when I got this question, my first thought was, oh, Marn's ARG would just be Sexy Girl Max 2019. <laughs> there are angels, there's romance, there are weird spectrometer puzzles, like, that's just Marn. Well, I ran it in the universe of, like, a roleplay group that I was in, which was superhero-based, but Ah. the premise was that, like, this corporation took over the city, and they made superheroism a crime, so there were all these, like, superheroes and vigilantes in jail, and part of the ARG was, like, like, deleting a bunch of people's prison records and getting them out of jail. (laughs) That's cool. I also ran a Twitter as the hacker, and the first puzzle was, uh, like, they got a video that had a riddle in it, and it led to the Twitter, 
which led to a bunch of other stuff, and that was really fun. I really liked running the Twitter account. I made a bunch of, like, videos of just, like, me sitting in an abandoned parking lot uh, doing voiceover about, like, fake conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would love to do a Twitter ARG where I just get to shitpost all yeah. day in character. It was good. I would just, like, drive out to the CVS parking lot and, like, eat an ice cream sandwich and <laughs> talk about, conspir- like, internet conspiracy theories. <laughs> I think it would be neat to run an ARG that used other game pieces. I don't know necessarily what it would be about, but there's a lot of information on a magic card, for example. Um... There's a lot of information in a D&D character sheet or book. There's a lot of info in a playbook for something like Apocalypse World or Dungeon World. And in video games, there's just, there's a lot of context-dependent data in any of those sources. And I think it would be neat to repurpose those to suit an ARG. I don't know how... Uh, <laughs> but I do think that there's I think there's a way to do it and I think it would be very cool to see that stuff repurposed to where if you like I think it'd be cool to get a puzzle where you look at a D&D character sheet and you go okay this looks normal until someone that actually plays the game looks at it and goes why does this guy have 32 strength yeah. um, and you kind of like going from there to figure out what is up I think would be a neat context dependent ARG level to it with your target audience, I can't imagine you wouldn't be able to find one player that wouldn't have an idea of what a magic card should look like or what a D&D character sheet should look like. Yeah, um, I also discovered during the last one that I ran that I really like puzzles where you mail people stuff. Yeah, I love that stuff. <laughs> I I mailed one of my friends a flash drive sewn inside like a plush hot dog that <laughs> had been like ripped open and stitched back together. I would love to plan some kind of meetup. I don't know where or how, but I think yeah. I, I would. I love, I love the idea of dead drops. But every game I've ever heard of has had dead drops go entirely wrong and mess up and never work right. So I'm, I don't know why I'm so like, I'll do it right though. But I love like um the Satoshi's treasure hunt that's running right now. Uh, starts off being entirely dead drop, dead drop based. Who knows what it's going to develop into in the future, but. Um, it's very cool when that's how something starts and where it leads. Um, I, I love the blending of real world and game world outside of just, I'm sitting at my computer I, instead of me being the thing that's in the real world and the screen being the fake real world. I love when it bleeds further into the real world and we get real activities. Yeah, I agree. I think the problem is like, that to do dead drops you need like connections in different cities which yeah. is hard because it's like oh i can ask a friend but my friends are playing the arg that i've made right i don't know it'd be like well we're doing an arg uh every clue is gonna be detroit based because <laughs> that's where i can go like <laughs> yeah detroit's a big enough city but i understand why people do major things at conventions yeah one day we'll run a Detroit and Baltimore only ARG. Yeah, we'll make people fly to PodCon too. God. We should talk about Legend of Zelda. Oh, do we have to, Marn? Yeah, we do. All right. Uh, let's have a quick word from another show on the network, and then we will get into talking about Ben Drowned. 
Welcome to They Them Theirs, a monthly non-binary discussion podcast. We're here. We're queer. Let's talk about it. My name is Joe. And my name is Rain. We're non-binary, and once a month we sit down and we talk about gender. 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 <laughs> we talk about our experiences with gender expression, pronouns, and other parts of the trans and non-binary experience. We also talk about a lot of anime and music that we like and relate to. And our cats. Yeah. You can listen at theorangegroves.com or search They Them Theirs on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, take care, and remember, nice gender. You've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? We're here to talk about Ben Drowned. We are. We are here to talk about Ben Drowned. So, how... What did you find? How did you find this ARG? (sighs) Okay, so... So you sent me a link to what was like a 4chan style site uh, that re-hosted the original Ben Drowned story. Yes. Um, which I think it was kind of funny because I think that someone just one day randomly re-uploaded it to an actual active Chan server because after the posts were done, some guy was like, are you really trying to repost Ben Drowned as if we yeah. don't know what this is? <laughs> uh, that was kind of fun until I read further down and was like, oh yeah, this is still a Chan site. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not going to include that link in this episode. I found uh, the stuff in a... Uh, a wikia source that i'm gonna link instead um that's that's the the wiki that i'm using for the timeline yeah it is a more wholesome version of um this story uh so i this one's weird because i uh i started watching the videos or i I watched some of the videos and i i read the posts but i never found a game so i can kind of give a little brief plot synopsis of what happened and where we got to it, but I can't necessarily tell you where the game itself actually starts. Yeah, a lot of the uh, websites that were associated with the actual game part don't exist anymore, as I found out while I was doing the research for this. Okay, so this is lost to time, except for the fact that everyone references this game in their own yeah. copy pasta stories. Yeah, I... I um I saw something from the guy who made this that said that um he intentionally didn't rehost like the original 4chan posts anywhere because he likes that people just kind of randomly post them around the internet and a lot of people don't know the original source of it cuz he thinks it feels like spookier that way. Yeah, I believe that. That makes sense. Before we get started, this thing is based off of a a 4chan copypasta. I hate that term. That's the <laughs> dumbest term. Or creepypasta. I'm sorry. Yeah, all of the original posts from the first arc. There are three. So there are three arcs. Um, the first one is called the Haunted Cartridge Arc. Uh, all of the original, like, big info posts were posted on the paranormal board of 4chan. Is that what X is? Yeah, that's X. Okay. I don't know 4chan very well and i'm very fine with that 
I used to I used to go on X a lot in high school, and a lot of it is threads of people being like, "I'm possessed by a demon. Ask me anything." Rar. Okay. Um, <laughs> I guess that's more Tumblr. Um, the basic plot of this one is um, basically it starts with a guy. He is uh, in college, and he got an old Nintendo sixty four, and he was like, "Great, let's go get some more games." Uh, I'm going to go to some yard sales and see what I can pick up. And at a yard sale, he meets a creepy old man uh, who he says, hey, I'm looking for a video game. And the old man says, ah, I have a video game for you. (laughs) And he goes into his garage and he fiddles around with some stuff and he comes back with a uh, he comes back with a cartridge that is just like a gray cartridge that says Majora written on it, Um, which is not how Majora's mask ever came out in the states as far as i know because majora's mask had like a gold cartridge to it so the guy was like all right sure how much do you want for this and the guy said oh no it's free and he said all right cool uh so he went back and takes it and starts playing this game and it turns out that it is um haunted somehow uh when he boots up the game he learns that there is a save file labeled ben um who he assumes had it before. They were pretty far into the game, but not super far. Uh, Hadn't finished it. Um, And he says, well, I'm going to start my own file. Starts up a file, keeps playing. And as he's playing, some of the NPCs start referring to him as Ben instead of Link, which is what he named himself, uh, the main character of those games. Um, You know, he starts going through, everyone's saying Link or Ben almost interchangeably. And he says, this is weird. There must be some kind of issue with the game. It seems like they're reading both of these save files wrong. I'm just going to delete the old Ben save file, and that'll uh, that'll get rid of this issue. Classic mistake. From there, when he does that, everyone just stops referring to him as anything in the game. Um, it gets It's creepy. Music starts getting weird. Uh, music starts being played incorrectly. Um, there are parts of the game that start generating in at weird places things aren't where they're supposed to be um music is playing incorrectly and playing backwards um the people that are talking to him are saying lines that don't really match up with what he remembers them supposed to be you know um skull kid appears at different places the the mask salesman who's already a creepy enough dude shows up in different places and things start to go off the walls. Um, he keeps finding a creepy statue that is that pops up, you know, behind him, or is just staring at him. Um, and in conjunction with these videos that he's up with these, in conjunction with these descriptions that he's uh, uploading, he's also including some videos of the um, of his time with it, and they are um, very well made. Uh, hacks of Majora's Mask to be creepy. Um, They pop up, they keep popping up with the, there's an iconic line from Majora's Mask where it just says, you've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Um, That keeps popping in uh, pretty often. And then at the end of the first video, after his characters died a lot and it keeps crashing and the world ends within the game uh, in a way that it shouldn't typically when you're playing, and it boots him back out to the main menu, and it has uh, now it has two different um, save states. It has um, oh hold on, I just pulled it up to look at it. 
it, there's uh, the new save states. One is labeled your turn and the other one is labeled Ben. So that was the original post and original video that went up. Um, I don't know necessarily what from the video is important to keep for the game, but everything is creepy and twisted and weird and I hate it. I don't know why you made me read, watch those videos, Marn. Oh no, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I um, hate it. I remember when this originally first popped up on 4chan and I'm still scared of a lot of the Majora's Mask characters because of it. Like, they unnerve me. So... I never played Majora's Mask, which is one of my secret gamer shames. Um, oh, me neither. But one of the things about Majora's Mask that makes it stand out from other uh, Legend of Zelda titles is that it is creepy. Um, yeah. There are a lot of creepy player character models. There are a lot of um, just strange things that happen throughout the plot of the game. Um, if I'm remembering right, you find a lot of masks for different characters that... Basically, you play as the, you know, Link, the hero of time, um, but he's trapped in a loop of three days before the end of the world. And you find different masks you can put on and become uh, creatures of different races. You can find a mask that turns you into a Zoro, which is like a, a merfolk style person. And you can put on like a, I think like a Goron mask, which is kind of their equivalent to dwarves. If you think of, you know, Tolkien style dwarves, it's like that, but like more turtley based. Um, these are not the best descriptions because I'm not a huge Zelda guy and I'm trying to spot talk to a broader audience. Um, so the game itself is just kind of a, a creepier title than people were used to. This, this ARG really takes good advantage of those yeah. creepy models. Yeah. It, um, it does a lot with the elegy of emptiness, which is like the scariest thing I've ever seen in a video game. Yeah, it's a real good name for a song that you're going to start using in your ARG. Yeah, which is that creepy statue of Link that has like a photorealistic face. Oh, I'm I'm getting it mixed up. Yes, that statue's so messed up. I hate it. Yeah, that um when I first read this, I'm pretty sure that gave me nightmares just the statue. It's oh, so I scary. hate it so much. I'm probably going to make it the image for this episode and I apologize yeah. in not advanced, because you've all seen it if your player shows it, but uh, sorry, guys. You're suffering through this with me. So that was kind of the the initial post. Um, and I know that it kind of took off on that board because it was weird and nothing that people have seen before. But the rest of the posts that were written, because I'm looking at this, these came out in 2010. I'm looking at these nine years later, but... I found it to be very kind of bland um, and not super interesting. And I think that part of that is just the, I don't know, it's the problem that like Seinfeld runs into where people look at it and say, oh, it's not that funny. It's a 90s sitcom. But people ignore the fact that like it laid the groundwork for other sitcoms that came after it, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like this kind of runs into that same problem where I've seen this story done to death. Um, through, I read an article about a haunted Godzilla <laughs> cartridge that I've referenced on the show before. Um, I, I I've seen this kind of article for like every game under the sun, and like you were saying, with the rise of things, um, like other posts on that X board that are like, I'm a demon, ask me anything, or the rise of things like um that are like specifically creepy pasta sites like um 
the no sleep subreddit or we were talking earlier today before the show about uh, the SCP wiki uh, that I think does this kind of like almost found footage, creepy stories way better through a different medium, which also originated on X, I think. Did it really? Um, To my knowledge, yes. Huh. So all this is to say, I don't necessarily know what from these um, from these different reports come back and get to what is in a game that eventually is supposed to show up. Um, I just know that there are there are spectacularly well made uh, game hack videos that show creepy scenes being played out from the game. A little bit of it is lost on me because I have no context for what any of the stuff happening in the game is because I'm I never played this game and don't really know all of the details. But they are surprisingly well made and very you know actually interesting. Yeah, I, I personally think that they're coupled with writing that isn't incredibly interesting. You know, eventually there's one update that's supposedly like, "Hey, uh, my roommate handed me a flash drive and said to go to his YouTube account and post this." I don't know what's up, but he hasn't been eating very much lately, but I'm going to write out this full-on explanation of this whole thing. Like, it just isn't super interesting. But there's a weird thing with the final post that is made where Jad Usable, I guess, is the person's username. I think it's Jaducible. Well, (laughs) Jaducible puts a thing up, and I didn't really understand what he was saying, but he says that Hey, I noticed that the videos that I've uploaded that are on my YouTube page don't match what I actually uploaded. Um, And the posts that I've made don't match what I originally typed. And it turns out it's not just his um, N64 that is haunted by a neighbor boy named Ben who apparently died. Um, It is now also his capture card, which is funny but uh through extension his computer is hacked and so he communicates with ben through uh clever bot and basically he's afraid that ben is taking control of his computer and is uploading things incorrectly based off what he originally posted i assume there's some kind of scrambled stuff that you can find that leads you through to the rest of the game but i couldn't find where it would go and frankly i was creeped out enough by these videos that i kind of used that as like Oh, darn, I can't find it. (laughs) Guess I'll go cuddle under a blanket. Um, You know, turn the lights on. I couldn't move any further from here. So my redoing of the game is a complete failure. We will get to the actual game part. (laughs) I promise. Okay. Uh, So, like you said, this starts with a post on 4chan, which I don't think a lot of people would have paid that much attention to if you had it included included a video that's just that's fair. my opinion because i think i feel like people on 4chan see like walls of text especially like my my ex thing at my house is haunted uh and they're like oh okay you know same shit uh but i think the video is what kind of set this apart from every other creepypasta that was like haunted VHS tape that I found in a blockbuster. Yeah, like the videos, like I was saying, the videos are really well done. Yeah. I could definitely see this standing out because of those videos. Yeah. So yeah, this kicks off uh 
with Jaducible's post on 4chan. Uh, he tells the story about this like old man. He thinks that the old man calls him Ben at one point, and oh like, yes, yeah, and he assumes that uh, it's the guy's grandson. Uh, he goes into the game. He makes a new file. He deletes the Ben file. Uh, the game starts like freaking out and playing like screams and like backwards music. And eventually, he tries to drown Link because he can't get out of the game any other way. And he like describes that he, while he's playing the game, he keeps getting this like horrible emotion. Like he says that he's like on the verge of tears and in like this horrible depression while he's playing the game, which is scary. And I I feel like if I was playing this haunted game, I would also be crying. Yeah, I would turn it off. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Sorry. That's the big disconnect for these haunted game stories. Yeah. It's just like, turn it off. Well, he's, he says like. I was hysterical, but, like, the thought of turning it off never occurred to me. Yeah, of course it didn't. <laughs> uh, and so he tries to drown uh, Link. Uh, his, like, character on the screen starts, like, spasming wildly. And uh, he sees, like, the elegy and the mask salesman. Um, and then it, like, plays the death screen. Uh, and it shows, like, Skull Kid killing Link, and then the Your Turn file comes up, uh, and then he turns the game off at that point, um, and he says, like, okay, so, like, I turned it off, and now I'm writing all this down, here's, like, the video of the last few moments of what happened to me, uh, because I didn't think to start recording it until then, I'm gonna go and talk to this old man and, like, try and figure out what this haunted cartridge is. Um, and so the next kind of chapter that he posts on 4chan is, uh, saying... I had this dream that the Elegy of Emptiness statue was following me. And I remember calling it Ben in my dream, and it was like this really visceral dream I had where I would be like walking and I would turn around and the statue was like a couple feet behind me just staring at me, which is horrifying. And then he says that he drove to the old man's house. Uh, no one was at the house. He asks a neighbor uh, who says like, oh, that guy's moving. Uh, he asks some questions about Ben. He finds out that uh, Ben was this young boy in the neighborhood who had an accident and his parents moved away. So no one really knows for sure what happened to him. Mm -hmm. um, he goes home and plays the game. Uh, yeah, I got a hunch about what happened to Ben. Uh, <laughs> Maybe he drowned. Yeah, I got a hunch. The game is still really fucked up. It, like, plays a horrible noise at him the second he boots it up. Um, he gets greeted by, you've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? From, like, the mask salesman. He walks into, like, a forest in the game, and he sees the Elegy of Emptiness standing there. And he sees, like, the mask salesman and Skull Kid. He tries to play the Song of Healing, uh, because he thinks that it will fix 
things about the game and Link bursts into flame and dies. <laughs> it was very funny every time Link yeah. randomly burst into flames and died. It was pretty good. Uh, he dives into the bottom of the ocean and finds the Elegy of Emptiness down there and uh, his his Link dies suddenly underwater. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it takes him back to the start screen and then he stops and he uploads the footage and that to 4chan. And that's the second, the second bit that he uploads. I really liked the third one got really interesting where yeah. he just says, screw it, I'm going to start playing. Uh, he turns it on and then he like immediately plays a song that I guess is important to the plot of the game. I don't really know the importance of each song, but he plays a song called The Elegy of Emptiness, uh, the first chance he gets. And then the game just like restarts as if he is playing the game over again, starting from the very beginning, except everything that he walks up to and talks to says, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. That, you shouldn't have done a, that. That's a just creepy one. Everything says that. And then it cuts and shows gameplay footage from the original uh, Ocarina of Time, yeah. uh, where you first approach the owl whose name I'm blanking on, uh, and he says, you shouldn't have done that. And then it cuts back to Majora's Mask. Uh, and then stuff happens, and I think he dies. Um, I just thought that part was very fun and very funny and creepy, yeah. like legitimately creepy. Yeah. Um, if I was playing through a video game and it just started like telling me that I fucked up, I would think that it was very creepy, but also, like, it's funny, but, like, I'd be weirded out. Yeah. Uh, and also in that one, it says, like, Ben is getting lonely. Uh, the two file names change to, like, Ben and Drowned. Right. Uh, and he goes to the moon in Majora's Mask, but, like, the moon children, who are characters in the game who are supposed to be their art. And then he looks behind him and he finds like an elegy of emptiness. And every time he blocks the camera view, it gets closer. Right. So that's something. <laughs> it's, uh... Did you did you ever see there was an old Sherlock Holmes video game that accidentally did that? Oh, no. You played as Watson and like Holmes was a person you could walk up to at any point and talk to about the mystery. Right. But they didn't animate Holmes walking for some reason. I don't know if it was a budget oh, I've thing. S- I've seen a video of that, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was a budget thing or if it was just a decision that, like, if you see Holmes, you can walk up to him at any point. So the problem was that Holmes never moved if you were looking at him and you would turn away and when you would turn back, he would just, like, have moved forward. Like one of those creepy cat videos where the cats, like, move when the camera's not looking at him, Or just like this video. That's all I could think of was that Sherlock Holmes game that accidentally turned into a jump scare yeah um and so then uh we get the post from his roommate that says like uh deducible's moving out he's going home he's taking the semester off uh i'm his roommate something weird's been going on with him uh he gave me his youtube password and like instructions on how to post stuff on 4chan uh he says that, like, the game lured him to play it again, and that he shouldn't, like, he shouldn't have played it anymore. Um, and he gave this roommate, like, a flash drive with his, like, YouTube information and this 
text document called The Truth that he says are his notes uh, and a video. And so the roommate releases the video first uh, and says that, like, I'm going to release The Truth in, like, three days because that's when he asked me to post it. And so the video is more of him playing the game. He learns how to play the Elegy of Emptiness. He gets this weird blank screen message that says, why is he smiling? The father. Mm -hmm. Uh, He goes to the graveyard in the game. Uh, He sees an Elegy statue hiding in the graveyard. Um, He gets a message that says, like, you can't run. And uh, then he goes to the clock tower and dies. Um, And then you see the title screen and two files are shown called Link and Matt. Right. Did we... I may have missed it and I might be blanking on it now. Did we ever learn who Matt was? Um, I don't think so, but I think it's implied that it is deducible. Oh, okay. That... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the truth is this text document that the roommate later uploads to, like, mega upload and has people download. Uh, it's, like, a final letter from Jeducible. Uh, it's a diary that he was keeping, and he says, like, Ben has been trying to keep me from getting this information to you. Um, like, I'll explain the circumstances of this. I put certain, like, hints in my videos so that you guys could see what was me and what was Ben tampering with my stuff. Um, yeah. And so it's a very long kind of diary document, uh, where he is chronicling his experiences with this game and, like, these having about the elegy statue and he starts to see it like during the day um and slowly he starts to realize that um ben is messing with his footage and his posts uh he goes on cleverbot which is like a bot chatting program Mm -hmm. and he talks to ben through the bot um he finds out that one of the uh, video summaries that he put up is not what he wrote at all. Um, like, parts have been omitted. Uh, it omits all mention of Ben existing outside the game, and it omits the mention of the Moon Children. Uh, he starts having dreams about the Moon Children. <laughs> um, so yeah, he has his nightmare about the Moon Children and the the happy mask salesman, like, sewing his arms to his body. Jesus. Yeah. He talks to Ben through Cleverbot a couple times. Uh, he asks, like, how did Ben die? He's like, you know. And he says, no, but how did he drown? And Cleverbot says, won't tell that to you. It is reserved for another who asks. Uh, and he says, when? And Cleverbot says, later. Um... And so Ben, at this point, is established, can, like, mess with his computer and can open Cleverbot, like, on his computer without him doing anything. Uh, and can, like, open 
different files and stuff. Uh, and can open, like, the the emulator or the capture card or whatever to make him play the game. Um, he Ben forces him to play the game a bunch of times, won't let him go to YouTube. Um, eventually Ben stops talking to him, and that's around where his notes end. The last thing in his diary is that he looks out his window of his dorm and he sees the old man who sold him the cartridge, like, standing in the middle of campus staring at his window. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, And then he talks about the last video he uploaded. Um, He just kind of gives a summary of it. He notices that he's missing uh, the Elegy of Emptiness song, so he has to go learn it in the game. Um, And so all the weird stuff in the video happens. He says, I'm typing this on the library computer, uh, and I've emailed myself everything stored on my quote-unquote infected uh, computer. I'm going to compile all of this in a document, and I'm not going to risk like spreading Ben to other computers. Um, and he thinks that like Ben won't know about all of this somehow. <laughs> I, I I don't really see the logic, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I want to cover all my bases, but also I emailed my stuff all like I emailed myself all of the stuff from my infected computer where Ben can open any of my files. <laughs> yeah. Does he does he say that he's emailing himself or is he just like Yeah, he's, he's just Huh? He says that he emails it and he even says like I didn't run into any problems with Ben while I was emailing myself the notes. Yeah. I got a plot hole that I I know about, but it's probably okay. Uh, He says, don't download any of my videos or anything about my videos. If you see any posts from me after September 12th, 12 a.m., discredit them. Uh, Don't download any images that I put up, any files. I'm going to go burn the cartridge. Oh, and the last thing he says is that he lives in a single, so he doesn't have a roommate. <laughs> huh. <laughs> so, His roommate um, posted the thing. I'm just now putting that together. His roommate yeah. posted the thing before, supposedly. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then the closing paragraph is, Thank you for taking the time to open this and open yourselves up to me by hearing my story, despite maybe not believing me. You didn't have to do that. Really, you shouldn't have. Your support <laughs> this entire time has kept me going, and now I am finally free of this. I agree. Uh, you shouldn't have. And you supported <laughs> this guy in his breakdown. It's true. Um, and then uh, 102 minutes later... A video called free.wmv gets posted to the YouTube channel. Uh, The video is a black screen with the message, the counter resets, I'm glad you did this. And the implication is that by downloading this text file, everyone has downloaded Ben onto their computers. (laughs) Good work, squad. Good work, squad. Go team. Good work. So that's the end of the first arc, the uh, haunted cartridge arc. The uh, 4chan shitpost arc. And so the next arc is called the Moon Children arc. And this is where we start getting more into arg territory. 
So this whole part is basically setting up this window dressing. Just as a recap, guy gets the cartridge. Cartridge is haunted by a kid named Ben. Ben drowned. We don't know why or like the circumstances around it. Yeah. There's a creepy dude that's involved in this somehow who is apparently a neighbor guy and not related to Ben. And there isn't actually a roommate. You all just messed up by listening to that roommate and downloading a text file that has infected now multiple machines and possibly the internet as a whole with Ben. Yeah. Basically, the implication is that the roommate was Ben trying to get everyone to download this file. All right. So Ben is out there. Is there a bridge between... Between, like, this era and the next part of the game? Well, kind of, because they only, there were, they're only, like, two days apart. Okay. So, like, the first game ended September 15th, and the next, the next part started, uh, September 17th, uh, when Jaducible's, like, recent activity on YouTube, uh, started posting ciphers. Okay. And they decoded to, the first one decodes to... We all wear a mask sometimes. Keep your eyes peeled. Mother, I wonder what it is you whisper for dusk tonight. Good luck. And the other ones decode to .net. Think .net is your only clue. And then a link to an old tech support forum. (laughs) And people from that gleaned uh, the .net, obviously, and the phrase, you shouldn't have done that, which was in response to a question on the forum that was linked to. And from that, they got you shouldn't have done that.net, which doesn't exist anymore. Ah, uh, bummer. Yeah. Uh, and the website belonged to a cult called the Moon Children. Okay. It had stuff about their creed, uh, a page called Theories, a Contact Us page, and a page called The Truth. Uh, the homepage was basically a forum for different, like, moderators uh who belonged to the cult uh the conversations there basically said like they were still setting up the website and it was basically intended to be used mostly for updates on the cult and communicating within the cult there is a mod called ifrit and a mod called neko and then dusk world 23 okay what a uh so the mod neko says like i'm very excited for my upcoming ascension uh, and Duskworld23 congratulates him and says, like, he's the youngest to ascend without incident. Okay. And then when people start reading the site, uh, the admin, whose name is Drowned, posts a message that says, you shouldn't be reading this. Hmm. And when you move your cursor over his avatar, it changes to the Elegy of Emptiness statue. <laughs> which I imagine was incredibly okay. startling to the first person to find that. <laughs> All right, so we are off to the races. We got another cult. Yeah. See, I'm, uh, much, I, I, I'm much more interested in dealing with a fake cult than I am with dealing with the guy <laughs> whose Majora's Mask cartridge is haunted. Um, the website has a guest book. Uh, there's oh, a bunch man. of... It was 2010, wasn't it? It was 2010! I think this is just like a free website that he like <laughs> bought a domain for. Um, the guest book has a bunch of uh, messages from cult members. There's references to a blackout and questions about where someone named Alex is. And like okay. requests to take a look at the broken Contact Us page. The reference to Alex... 
uh, people think is a reference to one of the videos that was update like uploaded on Jaducible's account before the Majora's Mask ones were. He had two videos on his account from that period. Uh, one was a prototype Let's Play, and the main character of Prototype is named Alex Mercer. And one was a Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines video uh, that kind of predicts recurring dialogue from the Majora's Mask game. Like, it also has, like, the father, why is he laughing, or whatever it is. Um, And the tags on that video sometimes change uh, to give people hints to stuff in the second arc. Was was the YouTube channel called jaducible at the time i think so okay nowadays it's under a different name yeah i don't necessarily want to announce it yet but okay yes the creed tab of the website explains various like ceremonial chants of the cult and says like masks are an important part of their rituals Um, okay about was just an about page about the moderators and kind of had like little bios uh, no contact information, but some, like, personal information, likes and dislikes. Um, and they offer special thanks to a user named Rosa, which is a reference to the, uh, Vampire the Masquerade video on Judusable's account, because the character in that video is named Rosa. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, the theories tab on the website was just full of apocalypse theories. Cool. Uh, and kind of, uh, implied that the moon children were, like, an apocalyptic cult, and they were gonna bring the apocalypse, or they thought they were. What is it with cults in the apocalypse, Martin? I don't know. How come a cult can't be dedicated to, like, a nice job? I I wish I knew. (laughs) we're gonna summon a demon, and then the demon's gonna say, what can I do for you? And you're gonna say, I'm just looking for a spot in my field. Good pay, nice hours, nice perks and benefits. Why do people want to end the world, Barn? I don't know. I guess you can't have a strong cult without a strong mission statement. I guess. And if you're going to be sacrificing people or whatever to summon a demon, you might as well go for broke. But Yeah. Okay. Um, One of the theories involves a moon child named Kelbris. Uh, who is said to have been the first moon child to have been spoken to by Luna herself. And it, says the, and it says that he was found electrocuted, but it was never determined whether he was murdered or ascended. Okay, so are these these moon children, are they actual human children? Or are we ex- expecting that they are the moon children from Majora's Mask? Um, I think the implication is that they are a cult named after the moon children from Majora's Mask. Okay. Marn, if you started a cult, what video game organization would you name your group after? Organization 13. (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, that's way better than anything I was going to come up with. Damn. What was your answer? I don't know, but whatever it was going to be, you blew it out of the water. (laughs) You know what? I would go with Dark Souls uh, Bearer of the Curse, except Bearers of the Curse. Let's go with that. I that feels just, nice and cryptic. I thought you were just going to say you would name a cult Dark Souls. Yes. Yes, we are the Dark Souls. <laughs> we're like the Dark Souls of cults. Oh my god. We're like normal cults, but it's harder to get into us. <laughs> we're like no, 
paranormal cults, but it's harder to cause the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Organization 13 is getting together and getting ready to uh, to end the world like they always do. What happens yes. next, Mark? <laughs> uh, the Contact Us page on the website has a form that supposedly, when you fill it out, it gets sent to the moderators who set up uh, recruitment appointments. Contact us page is implied to be broken on like the forum, but it's not. Okay. Um, users start finding hidden contact pages for individual people. Uh, they find one for Ben, which has a countdown to the fourth day, quote unquote, uh, and it has sped up uh, music from Majora's Mask. It has a reversed and sped up uh, mask salesman theme on it. And then okay. they find... So, as, sorry, as a little bit of context for the fourth day, that's where... So Majora's Mask is a game that takes place over three days that loop as long yeah. as you loop them. But the you know, the end of the third day, the moon crashes into the earth and destroys everything. Yes. But there's a glitch you can do that gives you an extra day. It's like the day four glitch where you like, you do a weird thing and it skips the moon hitting the planet. So you get another like full day. Yeah. And um, in the first part, Jaducible tries to do this in the game. And that's one of the things that kicks off the game being super weird. Yes. Yes. Um, and then they find a contract page for Drowned, which has an image on it that I'm going to share with you. Oh, I'm sure I'm going to love this. You are. You're not. Oh, God. Marn. Marn. Yeah. Okay, so I'm looking at a big naked dude who's got a big old hunched... Not a hunched back as much as it is that he's got extra stuff where his... Like, his head is expanded into his shoulders and above it. Yeah, it's just kind of fucked up guy. Yeah, it's just a real... He's got... Oh, his fingers is fucked up. Oh, he's got weird fingies. Yeah. Oh, Um, I don't like this. How do I delete a Discord server? (laughs) Here, I'll get rid of it so you don't have to look at it. Oh my god, I'm deleting... I'm clearing the server. We'll move over (laughs) to a different server to record the rest of the episode. For the record, that is the header image on the page of the wiki that I'm on right now, and I don't like it. (laughs) Yikes. Well, thank you for making the sacrifice that I clearly would not do for you. <laughs> uh, so they get that image, which is called Kelbris.jpg. Uh, Kelbris is the the moon child who they think ascended. Uh, they, it has the text, dead end, go back. And also <laughs> a cipher that when translated says, my eyes, they took my eyes. Oh, God. So that's fun. The page called The Truth is password protected uh, and only has a login screen. The source code for the page says it's what they don't want you to know. Uh, And Uh the wiki informs me that the login information was not received in time to see what this page contained. Spoilers, this is another unfinished arg. Uh, and there was a search page that let you search uh, contents of the website. Uh, it also had a link that went to a page called the Press Room. Uh, and 
It had a banner that contained the text, Do you honestly think you can escape me? Hmm. And then on the press room page, uh, there was hidden text that said, Like little lambs, the man is smiling. Okay. And then if you clicked around the press room page, uh, it was mostly like gibberish text, but the phrase, For the fold, number three, was repeated numerous times. And they also found that uh, there was a tiny graphic of Majora's Mask on the site, and the banner images at the top of the different pages were references to different areas that you could go to in Majora's Mask. Okay. Uh, And so this was all found on September 17th. Uh, The countdown on the fourth day page was counting down to sometime the next day. And so we move on to September 18th, 2010. Uh, Two hours before the countdown ended, uh, the users found the contact page for the mod Ifrit. And there was was a caption on it that said, Should you know what question to ask, the gate to truth will be opened. And so they find his Gmail account hidden on the page. Uh, A bunch of people start bombing him with emails. With questions, like, please explain literally anything about this energy <laughs> to us. Ifrit, explain. Ifrit, explain. Uh, they find out that Ben was a member of the cult who ascended, but his body was never found. Okay. Um, Rosa is Ifrit's sister. Uh, Ifrit cannot reach the hidden pages on the website, like the ones with the creepy picture and the countdown page, hmm. and he the users try to link him to it, and he gets a 404 page every time he tries. The cult member known as Alex has been missing since the mysterious blackout. Okay. People ask him what Majora's Mask has to do with any of this, and he returns with nothing. Why? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, his name on the about page is listed as Rodney, but his email lists it as Matt Hubris. Matt Hubris. Matt Hubris. Okay. It's a good supervillain name. It's true. Matthias Hubris. <laughs> um, and if you remember, the last file name on the haunted cartridge was named Matt. It was named Matt, yep. An hour before the countdown on the website ended, um, the post on the main page that said, like, you shouldn't be reading this disappeared, and the website soundtrack, which was just, like, Majora's Mask, uh, like, ambient music, changed uh, to a faster version of the Mask Salesman's theme. (laughs) And uh, they looked in the source code and found that the song was called Matt's Final Hour. Uh Uh Uh-oh. That's what you get for squealing on the cult, Matt. And as the countdown started to end, uh, the people emailing with Ifrit got the response, hang on, someone keeps knocking at my door. (laughs) (laughs) And then he stopped replying. Oh, nice. All Uh, right, so we've lost a boy. We've lost a Matt. Deducible's YouTube uh, posts an excerpt of lyrics from the song, Who's That Knockin'? (laughs) 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 Which, at least... At least Ben has a sense of humor, I guess. Yeah. And so, 
So YouTube used to have this feature called video responses where you could post a direct reply to someone's video. Right. And those used to be a big thing in YouTube-based ARGs. Uh, YouTube has since gotten rid of that feature. Uh, but this What's... was... What's happened to those videos? Did they do they just show as individual videos now? Or yeah, they, they they just show up as individual videos, um, and sometimes they turn up in like the recommended videos. But there's nothing. It used to be on the side, like a part of the sidebar where you could see everyone who had like replied to that video. But they right. don't do it anymore. Yeah, I I remember that era of YouTube. As this whole thing is going down, a uh, a video response to the last haunted cartridge video which is the one that supposedly ben put up being like thank you for doing that i'm free now a video response gets posted by someone whose youtube account is titled the link missing and their real name according to the page is alex okay and the title of the video is fj6rt uh, which is a reference to the title of the hidden page with Ifrit's Gmail on it. It is a video by someone named Alex that is just a video of Link playing the Song of Time in Majora's Mask, and that's all it is. No weird edits, no nope. creepiness, just a legitimate video? Yep, and the Song of Time is the one in Majora's Mask that sends you back in time. Right. And okay. so, on X, uh, Ben posts the same message that he had three days prior, which is, honesty is the best policy, and a link to the truth. Uh, okay. You shouldn't have done that, goes down for maintenance, and the implication is that this user, Alex, has sent the game back in time. Huh. Okay. So, timer restarts? Yep. Matt's alive again? Supposedly. We've unlost our boy, maybe. maybe. I don't like the way that you said supposedly. <laughs> so, skip to the next day of the game, which is September 19th. Uh, the the Moon Children site comes back online. Uh, it's still in the early stages of production, but there's no sign of Ifrit on the main page. Uh, huh. And his name is not... In the about section, uh, it's it says here the song on the main page was changed from the original to a less relaxing one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a description of every action taken in any ARG ever. Yeah, uh, and if it's contact pages, changes. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that changes is if it's contact page. Instead of having his Gmail, it has three elegy statues and the text expecting to find someone else and uh, a clip of the Skull Kid laughing. Ooh. So, okay, uh, so our boy isn't back. Yeah, so this uh, is probably meant to mirror the Majora's Mask mechanic that when you kill a boss, they stay dead even if you go back in time. Right. Uh, and there's even, like, a different mod in place of Ifrit, like, welcoming people to the forum. Huh, okay. The password-protected page that said the truth has changed. Uh, the timeline was set back far enough that it was no longer password-protected. 
Oh. Uh, but the text on it only said, still in the progress of moving everything over. Sorry for the delay. But it is imperative we find him and silence him before he can reveal our intentions. Also, I can't figure out how to make this private. <laughs> We've got about two oh, days or so. so funny. We've got about two days or so before we open this website up to the world, so I figure it'll be okay for now. Not like anyone can stumble upon this, but can someone help out with that? <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, people find a hidden contact page for Alex. Uh, the text on it is, Another who knows of them, chooses mask, sends aid, fallen vehement de- deity. He is alone against them. Okay. People have been noticing typos on the page called Creed. Um, they find a bunch of typos and apparently intentionally bolded letters that were that have always been there, and they start kind of putting those together and trying to figure out if they're a message. Okay. Eventually, a player wonders if they can also upload picture like videos of Link playing a song and affect the plot that way. And spoilers, they can. Ooh. One of them posts a video response to Ben of them playing the inverted Song of Time. Uh, and the timeline of events on the website slows down. Hmm. Uh, ben replies to the video with a ciphered message that translates to, You've begun to start thinking. You've begun to catch on. You've made a discovery today, but how long until that blessing becomes a curse? That's not disconcerting at all. Yeah. Another user um, plays the song New Wave Bossa Nova, which has the in-game effect of granting those without a voice the ability to speak. Um, And they think that this will let them email Ifrit again. But Hmm. uh, instead, Rosa gets in contact with them. Uh, she says that she knows the username and password to the truth, but she only sent it to one person before she disappeared. Okay. And the users try to cure Rosa disappearing by uploading the Song of Healing. Everyone's like, this seems like a bad idea because whatever deducible played the song of healing and the videos link burst into flame (laughs) (laughs) right and oh so they uh so actually they play the song of healing trying to bring ifrit back okay and i think everyone except the one like the one user who uploaded was like this is a terrible idea like (laughs) deducible's videos have already showed us that this didn't work link is gonna like, you're going to kill more characters because in Jaducible's videos, Link bursts into flame when he plays the Song of Healing. Right. Um, and so, yeah, instead of bringing Ifrit back, uh, it causes Rosa to disappear. Oh, no. And, uh, these posts by Kelbris appear on the main page. Uh, the username reads, who do you think this is? And the post says, I am knocking at your door next. Let me in. I want to speak. Oh, shit. Uh, and then next, the person plays the, uh, and next, a player plays the Oath to Order, um, but there are in-game requirements for that song to work, and the players of the ARG don't think that they've met the requirements, 
So it's implied that it has killed Alex or disappeared him like it disappeared Rosa. Hmm. So that that whole day was kind of like users frantically uploading videos and trying to like throw things at the wall and see what stuck. <laughs> and, uh, That's a neat instead, mechanic. I like that. Yeah, and instead they accidentally killed a bunch of people. Well, you know, you can't solve an omelet without breaking a couple eggs. Yeah. Uh, and so September 20th, uh, Rosa stops answering emails. She tells one user that she can't contact Ifrit. Something happened during the blackout. And someone is counting down outside her door. Uh, the players discuss, and one user uploads the Song of Time, and the timeline gets reset again. Woo! Uh, the tags on the Rosa video on Jaducible's channel uh, change to, You didn't save her. Oh no. And several other videos change their tags to, Rosa trapped. Um, and the users think that since they delayed playing the Song of Time, uh, because they wanted to like discuss it and see if it was a good idea, that they failed to save Rosa and she's already dead. Jaducibles. <laughs> uh, uh -oh. No, Alex's YouTube channel. So after they they reset the timeline, Alex's YouTube channel uploads a video titled dot dot dot. Uh, it's just a video of Link being defeated in battle by Dark Link, and the players think that they caused this by playing the Oath to Order without fulfilling any of like the in-game requirements. Okay. Um, someone quickly responds with a video of Link using a fairy to heal, uh, thinking like, oh, maybe we can save Alex. <laughs> uh, Alex's channel puts up a video called Continue, which shows someone collecting, uh, which shows someone, uh, selecting yes on, like, the game over, do you want to continue screen. <laughs> um, someone else responds with the Sonata of Awakening. Uh, the wiki says it is unknown what this video's intention was, but it caused Alex to disappear. Uh, shortly afterwards, uh, Jaducible's channel uploads a video called Hunt You Down, uh, and it shows Dark Link walking around the Temple of Time, and then the video is taken down pretty quickly, but someone else grabbed it and uploaded it to YouTube. So, this is the third time cycle uh, something weird happens at this point where the fourth wall kind of gets broken. And not in the way that, like, Spectacular Organic did, where the players found out who was running it and kind of, like, forced him to break the fourth wall. So this guy, Alex Hall, uh, who is the author and the guy running this ARG, uh, comes to the players on X and says, hey, I'm having some issues like paying to keep the website up uh, and does like an interview on X and he answers a bunch of questions that people have about like mechanics and the story so far. Huh. Um, and he, he doesn't answer some uh, plot questions because he hopes to continue it. 
a little while after Ben posts the truth on X again, uh, implying that the timeline is once again reset, and he includes a image of the mask salesman titled The Father. And shortly after that, uh, Alex Hall, the game master, announces that because a couple generous people have donated uh, him money to keep the website up, he hopes to pick up the game shortly. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously you need funding to run that kind of stuff. Websites aren't up for cheap, or aren't up for yeah. free, and stuff like that. But that's a very odd break. Yeah, I um, I forgot that that was a thing that happened until I was... Uh, looking up summaries of this. So, I've wondered about, like, I I wouldn't necessarily want to do this if I were to run an ARG, but I've wondered about, like, what happens if you launch an ARG, but also in, like, the Trailhead page, there's a link to a Patreon for that ARG. Like, Yeah, I would be interested to see how something like that would play out. Yeah, I... I'm... It's It's interesting, because I know that a lot of I mean, games cost money. Thing. Yeah. Hi, we live in a society. Um, and <laughs> we live in a society. You know, I, I, I know that I've thought that if if I'm going to start up an ARG, it will be done by committing a lot of time theft at work. Uh, if my bosses are listening to this, please don't. Uh, just in general. But, like, it would require, like, a lot of, like, time theft at work and just... You know, I would have to put money into the game myself and for hosting websites and stuff like that. I bought Patreon.com as a joke, and that was a very cheap URL, but there's still a cost associated with it. And especially if you're using some deeper kind of program to, like if you were going to set up a, a Wix or Squarespace or you know use some service to set up your account, uh, that costs money. Not to yeah. mention any real-world events that happen and start taking place there. Typically, you, a person funds it, and that's the game master, unless there's some kind of corporate sponsorship involved through something like an official ARG. I, I've, I'd never thought about reaching out to an audience that is playing the game and saying, hey, by the way, this is a game. I am running it. I could really use help paying to keep running it. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, what I think is interesting is that he didn't even to my knowledge, ask for money. He just, like, came out and was like, hey, I'm the person running this, like, just so you know, I, uh, I, like, the the rest of the game might be a little bit slower because I'm financially on some hard times, but, like, I will answer questions about it and whatever. And it sounds like some players came to him privately and were like, can we donate money to you to keep this running? Oh, interesting. interesting. I don't know if that's actually how it went down, but that is what I've gleaned. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool that, like, people were so into the story that they're like, yeah, we'll help you pay for the site to be online. Yeah, I would definitely. Like, there have been games that I played in where if I knew that that was an option, I would yeah. help pay for it. Um. I know that when I was playing in the uh, one of the other John Dies at the End ARGs, um, when I was talking to Danger, our game master, after the fact, he mentioned like wanting to put up a billboard in someone's hometown because he, you know, knew us well enough and knew that like if I put up a billboard for a week in Andrew's hometown across from where he works, he will see it. So, but but it ended up being just cost ineffective to try and do something like that. Um, 
I think it'd be very cool to do something like that, but you can't set up real effects like that without blowing through a lot of cash. Uh, but I would pay for something like that to happen. Uh, that's a really interesting idea, and it's curious how it's playing out. Yeah, I um, I think I think it was weirdly less acceptable back in like 2010 to do something like this because like Patreon didn't exist yet. Oh yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that was way tougher back then. There's no Patreon, no coffee, no or Ko-Fi. I don't know. There's PayPal and stuff, but not. Asking people for money on the internet was still a very taboo yeah. thing. It still kind of is, but not, um, it depends on the circles you're talking about, but it's real interesting that I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right. When, when did that kind of like start breaking down? Like when Kickstarter and Patreon became a thing? Um, I mean, that would, that tracks to me. Um, I guess when it became easy. Uh, and the time it became easy, I'd say, was Kickstarter for individual projects that you can contribute to, and then Patreon for longer form continued support. Like, I know there was a podcast that I listened to that was in a really weird middle point where they they did like a funding drive, but it was through Kickstarter, um, and they they did it and they got their funding for it. And afterwards, the guy that ran the podcast was like, you know, like. If we had, if if I had had the option to hold out a year and just set up a Patreon later, that's more what I needed because I didn't need like a big influx of cash up front and then try to like use that the rest of the year. What I needed was like continued support and growth. Um, but yeah, I, I that was just a couple years ago that that really became a big thing. Nowadays, I mean, nowadays between Indiegogo and GoFundMe and all of these things, you get people funding their fucking medical bills through GoFundMe. Yeah. Like asking for money online has become a bigger thing. And I think that part of it is sorry, I'm rambling because thoughts are coming to me as I say this. But with the growth of social media and like the lessening gap between creators and people that consume content, it's easier, I think, for content creators to go down and say, hey, uh, I'm putting out a Patreon or, Hey, I'm, you know, what I'm making isn't free. Like it's, it, it isn't cheap to create and it is a service that I'm doing. Um, and nowadays you get people on Twitter that say, Hey, like you follow me on Twitter. You like the threads that I do. They're researched and have like actual data and learning in it. You should pay for my Twitter feed. Um, yeah. there is, I think that breaks down at some point, but there is a there's a greater acceptability and understanding of the value of things i think uh in online spaces and creator content and time coupled with the lowering ceiling of access to be able to pay for things yeah it's also kind of surprising to me that like 4chan users were like hey we will pay for you to keep your website up because we like this thing that you make so much like, that is not the impression that most people have of 4chan. Yeah, it's definitely not the stereotype that you get. Yeah. You'd think most people would say, get bent. <laughs> They'd probably use a little more colorful language. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, um, people donated, and uh, the story was able to continue. All right. <laughs> We've reached our funding goal. 
we we've reached our funding goal. That'll be our next Patreon goal. If we hit fifty bucks a month, I will do an ARG. We will personally put you shouldn't have done that net back up online. <laughs> I will not promise. Actually, hold on. What was it? You shouldn't have done that net. Yeah. It's up, Marn. Oh, yeah, you're right. Marn, you told me this didn't exist. I thought that it wasn't. And I just typed this in and it existed and it started playing a song and I just had a heart attack. I think there's another another website associated with this ARG that is down. So I was wrong. Yes, you should have done that. It still exists. Marn, I I hate you so much right now. I'm sorry. I think it's run by fans now, though. I think, like, it's just an archive of everything that used to be there. Oh, man. I just had a heart... Like, that scared the <laughs> shit out of me. It just started... I'm sorry. It started playing music, and an actual <laughs> website popped up, and it said that the moon children were here. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'll include a link to that website in the show notes, y'all. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> The game restarts about a week later. Uh, September 21st is when it got funded, and October 4th is when the game restarts. Uh, People discover new stuff in the source code for the different pages. They get HTTP colon slash slash. What is... And then the text, not so fast, and then dot com. Uh, people assume that it's going to lead them to whatisben.com uh, because it's a page that has recently been created uh, but not publicly released, so like they can't see anything on it yet. Okay. Um, people notice that uh, some of the phrases in Alex Hall's like out of character update have been changed and like struck through uh on the website cuz he posted his like out of character thing on the website as well as on X I okay. think uh the music on the site changes and then October 6th uh you shouldn't have done that.net goes through a bunch of changes that become known as the glitch uh, the site okay. icon changes to a small child in a gas mask. Uh, okay. A picture of a gas mask appears on the front page, which actually is two images named StoleMy.jpg and Eyes.jpg. Okay. Uh, hidden in a cipher below the image are three text files. Uh, the cipher needed uh, multiple like cipher shifts to solve it. Okay. Uh, one of the files is called fsztku.txt. One is called the truth, and one is called the lie. Hmm. Uh, the one that is gibberish says, You didn't think I was done with you, did you? You are done playing when I say you are done playing. The lie is, this is just a dream. And the truth is, wake up, you have to wake up. Yikes. 
Yikes. Uh, above the gas mask, it's not real, is typed a bunch of times in hidden text. Uh, and on the main page and the truth page, uh, unintelligible whispering is added to the sound file. Cool. Uh... The header on the truth and the FAQ changes to say, this will hurt you. And the FAQ page contains uh, the Calbris picture of the guy with the weird head. Okay. Uh, the front page keeps changing. Uh, it at one point says, you are waking up now 13 minutes. And then it says, you are waking up now 5 minutes. And then it says, pulling the plug. Okay. I don't like uh, that, but here we are. People keep an eye on the site. Uh, they find out that the URLs of the three files, like the three text files, are numbered, and they hint towards having more files. Uh, they find 63 different files hidden on the website. Wow. Some are password protected, and the 31st is missing... Uh, most of them are just stock photos used in different places on the website, like the okay. banner images. Uh, one is the LG of emptiness, obviously. Uh, one is like the mask salesman. It's nothing too remarkable. It's like mostly stuff they've seen before. <laughs> they do find all of the sound files used on the site, and some have like people whispering in them. Uh, one says, uh, help me please, you have to help me. One sa one has, like, someone crying softly. One sa has reversed whispering uh, that says, please kill me. One is uh, Ifrit's last words, which are uh, ciphers that decrypt to, I see you three live, can my dear Rosa please live? And Cade Hendricks, you are in danger. Hmm. Some are just instrumentals. What is called like hard epic hip hop rap instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so what do these lead to? So, uh, soon after all of this stuff happens, uh, the site reverts to how it was when the players first found it. Uh, the guestbook is cleared. The music changes back. And the implication is that the users have woken up and the ARG has started again. Okay. Um, the main page briefly changes so that the banner is just a bunch of elegy statues. Okay. Um, Deducible's YouTube channel posts a bulletin with a scrambled message that leads to a apparently unrelated forum. Uh, the users take it as a sign that they need to get more organized for like the next phase of the ARG and like stay in contact with each other. Okay. Seems reasonable. Yeah. Uh, it also posts... Uh, the YouTube channel also posts a message that says Please, if you are nearby a phone, please call the police. I can hear it outside my door, which is an email that Rosa sent uh, in the in one of the previous cycles before she got got. So the users start solving all of the password-protected files. Uh, they get stuck on some of them. Um, 
they get stuck specifically on the one that has Ifrit's like last words. Uh, they discover that the password is Lens of Truth. It's an item from Zelda. Yeah, it's an item from Zelda. Uh, they get the message that says, Cade Hendricks, you are in danger. And they search the name Cade Hendricks, and they find a DeviantArt account owned by someone named Cade Hendricks. Okay. Uh, and his username is Ryukaki. And they kind of search around, they find this role-playing forum that he's on, and they contact him through IRC. Hmm. Um... And then they also track down his YouTube. Uh, this is where we get into weird territory because this um, is where, yeah, this is where it starts to get weird. This is well weird out of game territory. Okay, I like weird out of game territory. Uh, the weird out of game territory is that Ryukaki was a real person who oh, uh, no. was a player of the game, um, and who said that he worked with Alex Hall on this part of the game, and then Alex Hall said, after the game kind of started to stall, that they had apparently had a falling out, and there was some miscommunication. So um, this, according to the wiki people and the players of the game, is this part of the game is considered ambiguous canon. Huh. Um, and it's kind of up to the players and the people reading the timeline if they accept this as canon or not. Gotcha. So, like, the guy sending a weird... Calling it a threat seems too much, but a weird threat through an ARG to a person that he had a falling out with? Well, the guy... So, this guy, Cade Hendricks, was in on it at first, and then... Uh, while they were doing this part of the ARG, they had kind of a falling out. Oh, so like everything was set up and ready to go, and then this guy had a falling yeah. out with the main guy, and so it's like, well, I know that we set this up, but I don't want to be involved anymore. Yeah. Interesting. Like, I think uh, I I read about like the stuff that Alex Hall said about it, and it kind of seems like he didn't want this part to be as involved as it was and the other guy was like kind of game jacking and it's gotcha the first thing that happens in this like weird ambiguously canon section is that uh users who put their phone numbers on the contact page start getting phone calls from a blocked number uh that has so a user a couple users get calls that have the reverse song of healing and one gets a voicemail that has the elegy of emptiness song followed by a voice that says you shouldn't have done that uh Juducible's youtube channel starts posting again they post and says no group knows anything more than anyone else there is no private information only different theories you are all equals Seraphrium has no significance, just the next lamb wandering blindly into its inevitable slaughter. This will hurt you, Seraphrium. Uh, that was another user playing the game, basically. Oh, okay. So they're... Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, you are now stripped of this research as punishment for your arrogance, and yet by eliminating that website, this is the most charitable act I will ever do. 
do not think <laughs> that there is any place that is beyond my reach. Uh, the second bulletin went up the same time as a live journal that had been following this ARG and been like a place for people to talk about it. Uh, kind of had a bunch of its content deleted. Ooh. So people thought that Ben was taking credit for uh kind of wiping this live journal. Huh. Uh and then Ryukaki's YouTube starts uploading videos. Uh there's one where he is hearing weird noises in his house and searches around his house. Uh there's one where he films himself getting a call from the uh Moon Children phone number. There is a video where he says that he's captured footage of something that is stalking him, but you don't see it in the video. Uh, and then there's a follow-up video where he says that his phone was stolen. Hmm. Um, okay, so is this is this the part that we're not sure is canon, or is this... Yeah, this is, this is the part that can be considered canon, or can be considered a game jacking. Okay. It's a very uh, fine line. Yeah. Ryukaki uh, uploads more videos. He uploads one with him talking to a friend of his and a, and a cipher that links to his Mediafire account, uh, which starts uploading text files. Uh, there are five text files, and some of them have folders that accompany them. Uh, they're all just like him talking about Ben and saying like these text files are on the timer so Ben can't stop them because I'm not uploading them directly um, and it has some like weird ciphers in it and it says like this is my last log you have the truth it's always been right there uh, and then he uploads another video that has images and reversed audio uh and the audio when it gets corrected says something about a boy dying here some time ago it's meaningless to me but people's superstitions make for great house prices april 23rd just moved into the new place it's decent a little small for me okay so someone moves into the old man's old place yep uh he also gives a login for the truth page but it doesn't work <laughs> a day later the guest book on the website gets cleared um the main page gets a new layout and alex hall uh announces the conclusion of the second arc of the story and hidden text on the bottom says you might want to compare notes with each other. You seem to have missed a very important detail. It would be in your best interest to get that sorted out before the game releases. Good luck. Uh, and he uh, talks about right. that there is going to be an interactive game component in the next part of the ARG. So, to recap where we currently are. Yes. There is a cult that has a yes. website that is still functional. Yes. Um, and people interacted with them using videos of songs being played, um, trying to get contact with them, and it has affected the website and changed things as it's gone about. 
As this has happened, we found another website that had a bunch of files on it and a creepy child in a gas mask whose eyes were taken, right? Yep. Yep. And um, along the way, where does Ben fit in right now? Uh, we know that Ben was a member of the cult who ascended and his right. body disappeared. Okay, so Ben was one of the moon children. Yes. Just like Kelbris is now. Yep. Okay. Um, and we also know that uh, Ifrit, uh, Matt, is he considered to have ascended or was he just killed by the cult? Or is there a difference? Uh, he was, we think, killed by Kelbris. Okay. So along the way, we have found a link to a user on um, DeviantArt who was part of the game, but then stopped being friends with the person that ran the game. So his involvement with the game is a little shaky at best. Uh, there is a live journal that was tracking some stuff that uh, the cult claims to have stopped along the way and shut down. Uh, and now we're going into game into act three and we've missed, yep. we've missed something. Yes. And Alex Hall also kind of breaks the fourth wall again to say like hey the third act is gonna have like this interactive game and you've missed something and you might want to get it sorted out before i release this game okay do, uh, we, so, do we know what that missing bit is um there is a cipher in one of the files that never got solved i think it was actually solved like last year for the first time uh, that people think might be it. Uh, uh, people think that it also might be the login to the truth page, which was never received, or something else that was like right in front of their nose that they totally missed. Okay. Um, so this is October 10th. November 8th, uh, the website updates, and all of the text on the main page just replaces with the word updating. Okay. And that gets replaced with a news post by Alex Hall and a Q&A uh, about the game that he is making and uh, about, like, the release and what if it's going to tie up the story and how he's making the game. Uh, basically, it's he's just like, hey, I'm making this mystery-type game in Unity where you um, are solving the truth about Ben. Um, you guys might have to communicate with each other in order to actually solve it. And uh, it's kind of going to tie up the story, but it's only going to be like a part of the final act. I'm going to make a called shot. This game never gets released. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> the Q&A goes up November 8th. Uh, November 9th, Deducible's YouTube posts a new video that has the text No One Came and the sound of underwater struggling. Mm, uh, there is okay. no update until January 1st, 2011. Most of the website becomes password protected for a little while, and then Alex Hall posts an update because he said that he was going to have the game up around the holidays and then he posts an update and says 
hey, this was unrealistic of me to think that I could make a game in two months. (laughs) Game design is the hardest thing that people can do, and I don't know why everyone thinks they can do a game in two months in Unity. It's going to have full 3D and explain the lore of this entire thing that I've done. Oh, man. Uh, And then he says, like, okay, I'm going to set myself a soft deadline and say, like, I'm going to have something for you guys before April. uh, And I'm also going to do something that builds up to the release of the game. Later that week, people find uh, hidden text on a page of the website that says, Pure Prophecies Hinted At. And then it gets removed uh, a day later. So they're like, okay, what is that? Uh, a week later, the guest book gets removed because uh, there was like an infestation of spam bots posting on it. So uh, Alex Hall just removed the whole thing. That um, makes sense. Another week-ish later, he posts an update on his YouTube channel that says, Hey, the game is coming along smoothly. We actually might have like a concrete release date soon. Okay. Uh, I'll let you know more ahead of time, like before we release it. The next week, or like two weeks later, he updates the main page and says, Hey, we're having a weird bug with the game that we're trying to like work out. Uh, this is a really intensive project. Uh, I'm gonna. The next update, I'm going to give you guys some, like, screenshots and introduce uh, this, like, the ARG build-up to this game release, and it will probably be the last time you hear from me out of character. Okay. Uh, I doubt it. (laughs) And then people discover some new password-protected files on the site. Um, I don't know if anyone, if anything ever came of that. So the next week, there are some weird phrases that show up extremely briefly on the website uh, that people catch. Okay. Um, that say, like, you're beginning to slowly lose your grip on reality. You're beginning to slowly go insane. Not yet time. Not yet time. Too soon. The site goes down a bunch of times. Uh, Ryukaki's YouTube shows activity. Someone contacts Alex Hall out of game. Uh, and asks, like, hey, is this part of the game? He confirms that anything else that that channel puts up is out of game, and uh, Ryukaki posts, like, nothing I post from here on out is gonna be part of the ARG. Uh, I can answer questions. I I want to clear the air about anything I may or may not have done on purpose or on accident. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we've all and said then, some things that I'm going to regret. <laughs> uh, and then a day later, uh, the site has some like connection issues. And then Alex Hall posts that he's going to do uh, like a video Q&A and a chat client. Uh, he does like an hour long Q&A with players. Um, and it's like an out of character thing. And he says that someone uh, DDoSed the website, which is why it's down. Yikes, okay. Yeah. 
Uh, and he answers a couple, like, kind of small questions about the plot and stuff. And some he's like, oh, I can't answer that because it's, uh, it, like, it's going to be answered later. Uh, people ask him when, like, the ARG is going to return, like, to build up to the game. He says, uh, I don't have a definitive answer. Like, all I can say is soon. <laughs> Um, that's sad I hate it when these things just like yeah uh, and then the next arc of the ARG according to the wiki begins here which is that uh, February 17th he posts Alex posts a out of character update to the YouTube channel says like I'm looking for some forum moderators. Uh, send me a brief resume at Jaducible at you should have done that dot net if you are interested. Okay. Uh, you should have done that dot net comes back up with a timer counting down to an event referred to as another step. Uh, and then it says eighteenth February twenty eleven is when you unite. Hmm. I actually remember this happening because this was around the time that I started kind of reading about the game because I knew a couple other people who were following it. So I remember this countdown happening. The counter ended and the site went down. Uh, Jaducible's channel posts updates that have binary for a forum called Within Hubris. People go to the Within Hubris forum. Uh, the YouTube channel also posts, The final piece of the puzzle is sliding into place. When the bastion is completed, you will have all you need. Uh, okay. People discover this forum. Uh, there's a forum group that says, Help me, with a subforum that says, Please God, help me. <laughs> uh, there's a group that says, My eyes, with subforum, They took my eyes. Uh, and it okay. has that's and it has, actually really funny. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, and it has members that are named after all of like the Moon Children cult members and Kelbris and Ben and etc. And then once people start joining the forum, the like creepy forum groups get changed to like normal groups. Okay. So February 18th comes around, uh, there's a new permanent forum group added to the website called Wayward Horizon that you can't see unless you log in. Uh, it has a sub-forum called question mark, question mark, question mark, uh, which is password protected. Okay. Uh, it has a couple topics that are created by, like, moon children people and a user called question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, that go up and then rapidly go back down. Uh, and people can't see what they are because the whole forum is password protected. Uh, one of the actual person moderators says, yeah, I don't know what's going on. This must be a part of the game because we're literally only here to make sure you guys stay in line. Mm -hmm. Uh, the mods also don't know what the password to that, like, locked group is. <laughs> uh, the next day, uh, people find a user profile for Rosa and has inverted binary 
that translates to Bastion, which implies that Rosa is trapped within the forum okay. and alive. That's good. You should have done that.net updates with a link to the forum and a message that says the time has come to unite almost. Rosa's profile keeps changing the binary. Uh, it changes to read Bastion of, and then someone realizes it probably says Bastion of Defense, uh, <laughs> and they use that as the password into the password locked uh, forum, and they find posts made by Moon Children people, someone called question mark, question mark, question mark, and Kelbris. Okay. And there is a pinned post that says, you are not supposed to be here, get out. <laughs> uh, there's a post by Neko, who's one of the ascended moon children, that says, what is, where is this, help me please, I'm so scared, where is everyone, I'm so lonely, etc, etc, etc. Okay. Um, there's one by Duskworld23 that says, I can't stand it, I can't even have a moment, I can't stand it, I can't even have a moment to think. I want to kill myself, but I don't know how. Have to find a way before I lose myself. Yikes. Uh, there's one by question mark, question mark, and question mark that says, I can become God. I can become everything. Okay. And uh, Neko and Duskworld23, those are the mo those are the original mods on the site, right? Alongside Ifrit? Yeah, they're, they're the, like, supposedly ascended moon children. Right. Um, and so... Also worth noting is that all of these posts are in binary. Okay. Um, and then when the users dis uh, discover the password to this Wayward Horizon subforum, a new post appears by Kelbris that says in plain text, in big letters, get out. <laughs> and then the password is reset and everyone gets logged out of their forum accounts. Cool. That's a uh, very then, neat trick. Yeah. And then the password to Wayward Horizon changes to you shouldn't be here. Okay. Um, and then slightly later that password stops working. Uh, you shouldn't have done that dot net goes down uh, and then starts redirecting to within hubris. Uh, Alex Hall, out of character, starts trying to get help uh, putting the website back up, because apparently it wasn't supposed to go down. Uh, another YouTube channel pops up called Hubris OST, which is for uploading songs from the ARG. Okay. Uh, there's a Twitter account that gets announced on the YouTube channel that's just within Hubris um, that says Twitter created stay tuned for the reveal trailer later this week hmm. um, the entirety of the haunted cartridge arc gets posted on like all of the 4chan posts get posted on the forum okay couple days later, the Twitter and the YouTube channel both say, 
Hubris Reveal trailer debuts on YouTube channel on Sunday, February 27th at 6pm EST. Hmm. Uh, the next day, February 26th, uh, a bunch of forum users get physical mail. Uh, they get an envelope that has a newspaper clipping and a letter, uh, that have details on potential moon children activity. Uh, it describes, so it's, it's a newspaper clipping of three articles uh, one describes the scene of a murder-suicide and a uh, the house that it took place in that is being approved to be demolished. Uh, the second is an incomplete tourism article, and the third is a heavily redacted brief by someone named M.H., which is probably Matt Hubris. Okay. Uh, the redacted brief is stuff like, rally together with the others who are damned, try to fight for your pathetic existence, etc., etc. Okay, so things didn't turn out super hot for the cult. Yeah, maybe not. (laughs) And they find a timer on the forum, which counts down to an hour before supposedly the release time of the trailer. Uh, Alex Hall posts a comprehensive guide to the Ben Drown story on the forum, which is now lost because the forum doesn't exist anymore. That would have been really nice. Yeah. The YouTube channel posts... uh, So February 27th, uh, the YouTube channel posts a couple updates that say, what are you doing? Stop this, etc. Just before 6pm, a corrupted version of the trailer reveal gets posted. Okay. Um, uh, the description has binary that translates to isn't clear yet. Uh, and hmm. the Twitter tweets uh, HB is real, which is uh, the title of this video, uploaded instead? Question mark. Okay. And it's it shows an excerpt from the truth document uh, before a video exploring the interior of a house. Uh, and then it ends with a text, clear my thoughts, try again. Hmm. And then uh, the updates on the YouTube channel start to disappear and reappear continuously, showing that someone is struggling for control of the account. Okay. Uh, March 1st, uh, there is an update on the forum asking for an additional programmer and artist for the game. April, uh, the Twitter says, uh, there's gonna be an update on April 23rd. Look for it around 6. Uh, and then at 6, they confirm that May 10th is the new release date for the trailer. (laughs) And then May 10th, they say, oh, the trailer's delayed until further notice. <laughs> uh, and then May so, 27th... Do you think uh, these delays are in-game? Or I don't can know. they just not get their stuff together again? Well, May 27th, uh, someone gets in touch with Alex out of game, and he says, like, 
there haven't been any updates because I'm waiting on the person who has like the game footage for the trailer to get back to me, and I haven't heard from him. Gotcha. June, uh, Alex Hall gets in touch with someone on Facebook uh, about the trailer, or someone gets in touch with him on Facebook, uh, and he says, yeah, this guy finally got back to me, uh, we should be able to put out something, but I don't want to give a definitive date in case it falls through. Well, we're learning. Yeah. (laughs) It's about six times since we've had the delay a thing in this event, but here we are. Uh, he does another Q&A a week or so after, um, and just kind of chats with people about, like, the game development delay and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and then in July, he announces that the ARG has been paused indefinitely. <laughs> oh, no. And then uh, Ryukaki starts a Q&A section, uh, or a Q&A session, uh, under a different handle and talks about his part in the ARG. Uh, it's, this kind of stirs up the controversy about his part in the ARG because he says that, um, a lot of the interaction that he tried to do with Alex got ignored. Uh, and he had to run a bunch of it on his own. Huh. In response to that, uh, two days later, Alex posts a declaration that he didn't want the Ryukaki arc to happen, and that uh, Ryukaki basically game-jacked the game, but he let it continue because he thought that it was well-intentioned to be, like, a spinoff of the game. And then after the Q&A went up, he kind of changed his mind. I love this. More ARGs should fall through and just end with a public (laughs) creator slap fight. (laughs) I, like, forgot that all of this happened. Oh, I love it. If ever... I, I would forgive ARGs if they fell apart into just, like, creator infighting in public laying all their shit out online for everyone to see same honestly so yeah alex posts that on the forum uh he says that i wanted this to be canon basically but like this interview changed my mind uh ryukaki posts in the forum thread and says uh, if I knew that I was actually game jacking, I wouldn't have continued, but like you posted a cipher directly saying my name in it, and a bunch of people came to me for information, so like I I, I made up information to give them. Yeah. Okay, I mean I feel like if you've worked with someone and come up with the idea to include yourself in a game and then they include a code that sends people towards you, like yeah, that's good. That's in game. Like that you have the right to do. But when it's like I better start making up shit, that's where it kind of starts to fall apart for me. Yeah, especially if you just like shout out someone's name and be like, "This is fine." Yeah, especially if you don't like immediately shut it down. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. This is a very weird one. I 
Huh. Well, should we get into our final thoughts on it, or is there more? Oh, there's more. Oh, no. What? How is there more? They've already disbanded and slap-fighted. Slap-fought. <laughs> In 2012, uh, the net URL goes up for sale. Okay. Uh, Alex Hall says, I'm not gonna use or repurchase the site. So I think what happened was someone scooped it up and just archived it. Gotcha. I was gonna say, as we've learned, the website is still up. Yes. Music and all. Uh, 2012, uh, a April Fool's Day video goes up, which I think people were mad about. I want to say that... Is this that King Kong video I've seen on the website? Yes. Okay. This one's more of a comedy video than the rest of them. Yeah. Someone on YouTube describes it as Ben Drowned in the Scary Movie Universe. Yeah, I don't remember how people felt about this, but I feel like if an ARG that I was following, like, went silent and, like, announced itself as being hiatus and then, like, updated with a goofy video, I would not be happy. (laughs) Because it's like, oh, an eight-minute video by this ARG that went inactive. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. Here we go. And then it's like, I didn't watch this video, but, like, I don't know, a Goron pooping? Like, who knows? But, like, yeah, I'd be mad if that was... I guess if it's been two years since you followed this thing, like... I don't know. I guess ARGs have a longer time span than most things, but I feel like if nothing happens for two years and then it comes back with a joke video, it's kind of like, okay, well, I guess it's the closest thing we get to closure. Yeah. We're at we're at the yeah. point where we can joke about this, so. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the top comments is, seeing all the people that took this creepypasta way too seriously getting butthurt about this video was incredible. <laughs> Yeah, so it sounds like they didn't take it too well. Yeah. All of the, like, recent comments are pretty positive, though. That's good. Well, I feel like the ones that we're seeing now are recent enough that it's... Yeah. Now we know it's a heartbreak thing. If you scrolled all the way down to, like... Oh, yeah. The ones where they first came out, I'm sure it would be very frustrating. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. The YouTube channel around this time starts to remove some videos uh, connected to the the supposed game trailer. Uh, Alex Hall says it's so that new players aren't confused when like the third arc starts properly. So April twenty third comes around. Alex Hall posts a forum update saying that he is working on this other project called Methods of Revolution. There was a Kickstarter for it. It's a it's an independent film that he was making. Gotcha. Uh, he says, "Hey, I'm working on this like student film. Uh, I don't know when the ARG is going to be out of hiatus, but I can give you the alpha version of the game." I've never heard this guy promise to give uh, someone so a video he... game before. <laughs> well, he actually uploads the alpha. Whoa! Uh, which is a area of the game. It's the house scene in like the corrupted trailer. Um, it has like a readme document that says, Hey, here's like an alpha version of this 
part of the game that you can explore. Um, there's nothing in here that will like spoil the content of the game. Um, but you guys can walk around. Uh, okay. And it's basically just like a house that you walk around and like nothing happens. Um, and the graphics are in alpha, so like there's nothing there. Right. <laughs> uh, the description of it on the wiki says it provides no new ARG information, but was a nice gesture nonetheless. <laughs> in June, uh, Alex announces that he has promoted one of the mods of the forum to be an admin, uh, to run the forum while he works on his film. Uh, he says that anything that would spoil the ARG for admins, uh, who can now see like all of the backend stuff, has been removed. Okay. Uh, and will stay removed until he's ready to continue it. Um, the forum gets taken down in August uh, <laughs> because this is the funniest thing. I was wondering why the forum didn't exist anymore. Uh, someone started a thread that was like, which member of the forums would you kill and why? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then someone reported it to the to Envision Free, which is the forum hosting site. They took the forum down. People started emailing Alex Hall being like, hey, please take the forum back up. And he was like, I, I can't. <laughs> they erased the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't trust you all either. <laughs> And then, uh, there's a new, like, fan-made forum, uh, that was created using some of, like, the archived threads. Uh, they invited Alex, but he didn't make an account, and it's kind of slowly changed to be just, like, a general interest forum over time. Okay. And then in August 2018, the other cipher from the file with, uh, Cade's name in it got solved, which is the... It's about time. Good work, Yeah, team. which is the thing that said, I see you three live. Can my dear Rosa please live? Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of the last of the ARG. Um, Alex Hall did some Q&As in 2017. Uh, he did a YouTube Q&A that you can find on his channel. Uh, okay. In 2017, where he talks about like his film that's coming out and oh he talked about that Ben Drowned uh got a film deal which I think has since gone into development hell shocker but yeah so he did sell the film rights to Ben Drowned which I think lent itself to why he couldn't continue the ARG I feel like yeah and I mean yeah if I'd moved on to other stuff I wouldn't want to go back to an old ARG that for all intents and purposes, kind of failed out. I wouldn't want to go back to that five years later. Yeah. And he also was like, hey, uh, while I was working on this student film, I was, like, super depressed, and, like, I wasn't in, like, a space to be doing a lot of this stuff. So, like, yeah, I had it... to stop working on the ARG. Yeah, and if you're working on... That's the thing with, like, a big horror story like this. If you're working on something like this you really need to be in the right headspace and if you can't do that responsibly like you owe it to yourself to not yeah 
So yeah, I think that's the last that he really said on it was that like he's still working on stuff pertaining to it, but it kind of has stagnated and there's this like film deal that's since gone into development hell and that's Is this basically where it's at? Yeah, is this the this is the only one that I know of, but do you know of any other ARGs that have like monetized themselves? More than just, you know, a commercial ARG for a product, but, like, do you know of any others? Is Marble Hornets an ARG? Are we getting into this? Yeah, Marble Hornets is an ARG. There's a separate channel that has ciphers on it. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Sorry, someone asked that question. (laughs) I thought it was just videos. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. There's there's a Marble Hornets cipher video that has not been solved to this day. Gotcha. Okay. Well, then, yeah, I'd say it's an ARG. (laughs) Yeah, I guess when you're getting, like, Slenderman movies, like, when you get to the point where you get cheap schlock being rented out in family video, you've made it. So, I guess that's the most successful ARG to be turned into a, you know, a monetized ARG. Yeah. Still, though, a film deal for your ARG isn't half bad. Good work. Yeah. Do we want to get into the the rating of this? Yeah, let's have a quick word from someone else on our network, and then we'll get into our final thoughts on the show. Nice. Hi, I'm Caitlin. And I'm Joe. Sugar We're Going Down podcasting is exactly what it sounds like. Each week, we get a random Fall Out Boy song and discuss it in various ways, such as... What are its merits musically? Is it a bop? Does it have chugs? It's lyrical complexity. Sometimes Pete writes a triple entendre, and sometimes he doesn't even finish the first entendre. Does the video make any goddamn sense, though? Usually, no. How gay does it make us feel? Usually, a lot of gay. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your personal podcatcher of choice and get a new episode every Wednesday until it kills us. Caitlin, is this more than you bargained for yet? Honestly, it already is. So, Marn, what do you think about the story of Ben Drowned? Um, I think that it has some interesting concepts, but ultimately isn't very strong. I would definitely agree with that. I think that I like the idea of, like, secret cults. I like the turning back time mechanic, and I like the players Mm -hmm. being able to interact with the story in, like, that way. But... I think ultimately it's not the most interesting story that you could tell with those mechanics. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's a real misstep to introduce that time travel mechanic and a character dying while not bringing that character yeah. back. Yeah. Like, I think that's just a huge missed opportunity there. And, you know, make him stubborn and that, like, you can't convince him to get out of this cult. He will always die on the third day, blah, 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 whatever you want to do. But, like, I feel like it's a real missed opportunity to do some really cool stuff with that. 
Um, oh god, that would be so much fun. I want to write an ARG that's set in a time loop now. <laughs> yeah, I'm changing my answer to the question from before. It's going to be the time loop ARG. Yeah, holy shit. Oh, that's so good. And then I also, like I was saying before, I'm not deep into this. I don't know, creepypasta stories just don't really do it for me. Um, I think that when it comes to, to horror stuff, I throw up a, like... As a defense mechanism, I just start, like, criticizing the work. <laughs> because if I can criticize it and say that it's written poorly, I don't have to admit to myself that it scares me. I think is really what it is. Um, I think also a lot of the most effective horror in it kind of piggybacks on the horror of Majora's Masks that was already there. Yeah, it's... I mean, anyone can do a jump scare with something in a video game and i feel like a lot of the things in that video are jump scares some of them are, are legitimately scary i do think the yeah having a a pseudo playable section where everything you approach just says you shouldn't have done that um that's effective and scary in a way that would be uh really haunting if i were actually playing that game it's a it's a weird thing trying to judge the effectiveness of a video of a game because I feel like a lot of this stuff would be way scarier if I was actually playing it. But watching someone else who supposedly played it doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I mean, I can admire how much effort probably went into going into an emulator and making the game do that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it relies a lot on um, scary parts of the game that already existed. Yeah, and all of it's in service of a, a plot and a, a general narrative that kind of, I mean, it ultimately stalls out, but it never really goes anywhere even when it was active and moving. Yeah. I think a lot of the individual parts people think are scary, but when you kind of look at it as a whole cohesive thing, it starts to break down. Yeah, 100%. There were times when you were telling me the story that I kind of got lost because I lost sight of where things were in the game. And yeah. I kind of realized partway through that that wasn't me getting lost. It was kind of the game getting lost. It didn't really seem like it stayed um, consistent with itself or really worked its way to anything big. So in the end, it never really got off the ground and became something worth it. Yeah, and I think also a problem is that like the internet uh community has kind of distilled Ben into like creepy internet demon devoid of like context. It doesn't help that this spawned a genre. Um Yeah. And that, you know, the stuff that came later it's one of those things everything stands on on the shoulder of giants, but then those things are taller by comparison. And so when you look at this it just looks like a short giant. Yeah. And and also like um Ben has become one of those kind of like mimetic creepypasta characters like Slenderman where it's like people will just insert Ben into stories that they want to tell. Gotcha. Like how there was a period on the internet when like everyone was making a Slenderman series. Right. I I I like what they tried to do with different parts of this, but I just don't think that it worked as a whole. Especially not when you get a pseudo game jacking in the middle of it that is almost a plot line. It just kind of falls apart. So on story out of uh, 10 creepy links bursting into flames, what would you give this one? I think like a three. 
Yeah, I'd probably give it... You know what? I'll give it a four, just on emulation changing and video production alone. I think those are good. The rest of it all just kind of petered out and fell victim of inflated expectations on the creator's part. Yeah, sometimes that's how it is with ARGs. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, oh, this ARG's bad because it fell through, because that's just kind of the genre, but I don't know. If something falls through before it can get truly great, that's kind of on it. How do you feel about the puzzles in this one? Um, I think that some of them were cool, and some of them is like, oh just binary (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i'll never begrudge a game for using an easy puzzle mechanic at different points i think that that varying difficulty is important but yeah it did seem like it was wildly inconsistent especially when you get some ciphers that are never solved and then others that are just well here's inverted binary that leads to solving the biggest mystery that this game has had so far which is how do we log into the truth i think the mechanic of um having the players be able to interact with the game through like video replays is very mm-hmm. cool especially with like looping the majora's mask like songs and stuff into it um that's honestly my favorite part of this game yeah and like i was saying before i wish it was in service of something better i think that that's a really good mechanic it's something you couldn't really do anymore because you can't do video responses um but having that kind of that's kind of what I'm was getting at when I was talking about using game pieces from other games with their context into a different game. Um, you're using these songs which have an effect within Majora's Mask that you get to replicate those effects in this real game, even though you're not actually a kid playing an ocarina and ocarina isn't that, you know, there's all these things that it's not. But the context that the game has gives it that power and makes it a worthwhile game action in an entirely different game. I think that's really cool. The other puzzles beyond that didn't really go anywhere. But that mechanic itself is really novel and very interesting. Yeah, I like it a lot. So, out of ten video replies to initial creepy videos, what would you give the puzzles? Um, maybe a five. Okay. I think I'd give it about a five. I feel like I've gotten harsher on ARG since we started this podcast. Yeah, I feel like the first one we were like, this one was okay. Let's give it a nine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's I I did like a tweet that someone sent us in that said uh, me after listening to five episodes of Argonauts podcast. Yeah, the puzzles in that ARG weren't very good or complex, but I think the stories and characters they wove were very interesting. I obviously have enough experience to comment on these aspects. And (laughs) honestly, Danny, try hosting the podcast, because I feel the exact same way at all times. Yeah, same. Um, But yeah, I do do think that the puzzles were good. Um, I wish they had led to more in the end, and that they'd been able to keep up that internal consistency that 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 one really good game mechanic had early on. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I give it a five. <laughs> and Marn, what do you think about it? this game's replayability? Uh, well, I mean, since now we know that the website still exists... It's good I for a jump scare. Someone bought the website. Uh, I don't know how much of the puzzles and stuff are actually on the website, and because of the time loop mechanic... 
Uh, I'm inclined to give replayability like a two. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with all of that, and especially on top of seeing how this has turned into a movie deal for the, uh, the guy that ran it, and seeing all that, I don't see any chance of ever really revisiting this. I know that everything's still open, but there's only so long that something can be open or on hiatus before you just need to move it over to the canceled bin and let it sit. Yeah. Do we want to do recommendations? Well, what would you rate it first? Oh, yeah. I, uh, like a two or a three? Yeah, I, yeah, I'd probably go that low. It was a one before I realized that website was still up, but since that yeah. website is still up and can still spook you today, I'll give it a two or three. <laughs> I wish the forum still existed, but apparently Envision Free just, like, nuked it from the whole internet. I mean, when people on your forum start asking questions like, if you could kill any one member here, who yeah, would you kill fair. and why? I don't blame them. Yeah. Yikes. I remember when the internet was fun. Yeah, I guess, I guess it kind of was unreasonable to expect 4chan users to behave with the decorum. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, that's basically it. Uh, There's a reason the I'm linking to the wiki page instead of the uh, that yeah. that Chen rehost board, because, uh, man, there's some real vitriol in that, uh, in those, like, eight posts. There's just a oh, lot. yeah. Uh, who boy. I think, I, I really do feel like if this had been posted any later than, like, 2010, people would not have been as recep receptive to it. How so? Like, what do you mean? Um, I mean, I, th I feel like with the, the changing culture on 4chan, like, I don't know what it's like right now, because I only used 4chan in, like, freshman year of high school when this stuff was going on, but, like, I feel like probably this would be met with a lot more vitriol uh, hmm. than it was originally. Yeah, I could believe then that. Then again, the export could still be pretty into this stuff. I, I don't know. I hear that there are... It's one of those things I hear occasionally that like, oh, this board's actually good, and it's like, well... I mean, X was the only board that I went on, and I remember it being significantly more low-key than the rest of Forge. <laughs> yeah, I just... At some point, like, you still have to accept that you existing empowers the rest of the site. Like, yeah, I, you know, like it's honestly, I feel this way about Reddit. We'll cut all of this, but I, I don't know. On Reddit, it's weird. Where it's like, I do kind of want to join the magic subreddit and the D&D &D subreddits. But like, my participation there helps fund, like, yeah, you know, the white supremacy subreddits and... Like, you know, the the ones that quote-unquote don't exist on Reddit anymore. Like, you only empower the bad stuff, even if you are only going on the good stuff, and it... I don't know, at what point do you just call it? That's kind of my 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 thought on 4chan as a whole. Well, that's why TG, like, fucked up and made their own chan. I, I know that TG-chan exists, and I wasn't sure if yep. that was its own thing, or if that was actually... I guess you no, it's, you it's, use TG Chan, so I gave it I a do. little bit more trust than I would a regular Chan board. Yeah, TG Chan is its own thing. It's uh people who were running art quests on TG Chan got kicked off, and they were like, "Oh, well, we'll just make like our own thing for this." Huh. Okay. 
Maybe I'll give it a little more respect then. <laughs> uh, it's not worthy of that much respect, but like, okay, there's there's a new wave of like artists who are actually cool and respectful Me. starting quests. So cool. I do like the like more hopeful bend the internet has taken in recent years, yeah. but I just hope that trend continues. We're getting way off track, and it is midnight. Marn, do you want to hit us with a recommendation? I do. Uh, my recommendation for this week is a interactive webcomic drawn by uh, a creepypasta author slash artist known as Bog Leech, and the comic is called Awful Hospital Seriously the Worst Ever. Awful Hospital Seriously the Worst Ever? Yes. Alright. Uh, it's an interactive, like, quest-style webcomic that updates fairly frequently. I'm not super caught up because it uh, has updated a bunch since the last time I caught up and I like to kind of binge it. Um, where the protagonist is this woman whose infant son contracts this like terrible unknowable disease and she wakes up in this weird interdimensional hospital filled with like cartoonish like bodily organs and stuff and she has to find her son and leave hmm. it's very very good uh it gets deep into like absurdist physics of the multiverse okay talking sentient viruses and like um a lot of medical horror uh if you are weirded out by like medical horror and like gross bodily fluids and stuff don't read this one okay (laughs) so i will skip this one but i hope the rest of you check it out (laughs) i mean it's not it's not that much but like some of the um like, some of the hospital patients are, like, a sentient guy who's made out of blood and, like, a sentient biohazard bag. <laughs> okay. And, and like, a lot of it is, like, goofy. Like, they're all drawn, like, very cartoonishly, but some some of it is, like, sentient kidney stones and, like, sentient Ooh, organs. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's cool. There's, like, an extended... Uh, arc where the protagonist shrinks down and uh, it's like a little RPG where she <laughs> shrinks down and like becomes bacteria inside like a dead copy of herself and she like forms a party made out of like all of these bacteria living in her copy's dead body. That sounds really fun. It's really cool. It's a very cool webcomic. It's it's um it's very. It has a good balance of, like, silly and serious, I think. Cool. Yeah. What's your recommendation for this week? Um, so, I have two this week. Uh, and they are um, both games that have released on the Switch within uh, a little bit of recently. Um, I guess by the time this comes out, it won't be super recent, but... Recent enough. Um, there are two games I think you should check out, Marn. Uh, one of them I think you have experience with. Uh, the first one is a puzzle game called Baba Is You. Yes. Have you played this one? I have not played it, but everyone I know has played it. So this is a really cool puzzle game uh, that is built around creating logic puzzles for yourself. And it's done by pushing little blocks that have words 
uh, together to form sentences that set rules. Um, so, for example, one of the first puzzles that you run into, um, when you start the level, there are three, like, chains of words set up. Um, there is um, Baba is you. Flag is win. And wall is stop. And then when you look at the level, there's you are sitting in like a castle looking area. You know, there's a big wall around you. And then on the other side of that wall, um, there is a flag in, you know, its own little bubble of a wall. Uh, And the way that you solve this puzzle is that you take the sentence that says wall is stop and you break it up. So now the rules of the level are just Baba is you. And flag is win, which means that you can walk right through the wall and touch the flag. Oh, okay. So that one's like the first level really easy one to get you used to the ideas. So as the game evolves, you find like, which things can you push? And you can set it to where, you know, well, I move the push button. Now the rock is push and I can push the rock. And then I move the push away from the rocks and I can go through the rock and get to a thing. Like there are very weird rules that you set throughout the game as you go along um one of the puzzles took me the longest time to figure out i sat there for a while until i realized that i could just set the rules of the game to say baba is win uh and when i did that i won because i was baba and i was win that's so good um it is a it is deceptively simple um and a very uh interesting and surprisingly tough a puzzle game to get into. Um, I have looked up answers on wikis for more than a couple of these just because they're very complex and I want to see more of the game. Um, it's very cool to me to look at this puzzle game that's built around um, solving rules and setting rules and breaking, I guess not breaking them, but uh, making rules not rules anymore instead of breaking them to solve puzzles. It's a very cool approach and I like it a whole lot. And the art style is yeah. a, a cute pixely thing. It's very neat. Were you, wa- were you yeah, saying something? I wanna... Oh, I was just saying that I want to uh, play it because I really like puzzle games and I've been meaning to check it out. It's very cool. The other recommendation that I have this week is uh, for a re-release of a group of games that just made their way to Switch. They are one of my favorite series of all time. It is the Phoenix Wright Trilogy. Yes. Um, they just got re-released on the Switch, which means that I will now own this series on I want to say four different devices now because I own it on uh my phone, uh the original Game Boy Advance or the Game Boy um I guess Nintendo DS, not Game Boy. Um my Switch, um I think maybe PC, I don't remember. I know I own it somewhere else. Um, it is an incredible series of visual novels in which you play as a uh, you play as a lawyer in um, kind of a pseudo futuristic. It's kind of a San Francisco style setting. Uh, the original yeah. game takes place in Japan, America. They localized it to be in America, but like you clearly go to like Shinto temples and pagodas and stuff like. You know, kind of a San Francisco style setting, uh, but you play as a lawyer who is trying to get people off of murder convictions. Um, it is a very fun visual novel. They are very fun, funny games with a lot of interesting characters. Uh, you 
listen and cross-examine witnesses and then present evidence that uh, breaks their claims. You know, uh, this couldn't have happened at this time because, you know, this clock broke and it was set at this time when it broke and things like that. Um, you break people's testimony down. You try and solve their what they're lying about in the case and what they really saw. And in the end, you try and find your way to truth and justice for the real killer. It's a very fun series of games that ramps into the third game in the trilogy. Trials and Tribulations is uh, consistently on my like top five favorite video game list of all time. They have very fun, wonderful writing. The characters are just fantastic. Phoenix and Edgeworth should live together forever. They deserve each other. It's a wonderful series, and I recommend that everyone that likes that kind of visual novel and anime style should check it out. Yeah, um, out of curiosity, have you watched the anime? I have not. I've heard mixed things about it. I, yeah, I watched the first couple of arcs, and I have mixed feelings. I also refuse to watch it until they cover the bonus case from the first game, which is my favorite case of the Phoenix Wright series. Is that Rise from the Ashes? Yeah. Yeah, that case is incredible. For uh, that, okay, that case goes weirdly hard for like a bonus case that isn't canonically true until like the fourth game. Yeah, watching my friend play Rise from the Ashes was what got me into Phoenix Wright. Yeah, that try that. Okay, play the first game just so you can play through Rise from the Ashes, which is an incredible. Like, it's weird that the best thing in a game is its DLC. I think that the first game has that. Um, not DLC, but like it's, it it, it was a, it was a case that was made for the DS version of the game when they ported it to DS from Game Boy Advance. Um, if I'm remembering right, I used to be very into Phoenix Wright fandom. Um, but it's a, it's an incredible series. Check it out. The second game is not as strong as most of the second game isn't as strong as the rest of the series, except for the final case, which is one of the best ones. So it's a, it's a great series. Yeah, it's good. Knowing that it's on Switch makes me want to get a Switch more than I already did. You should get a Switch. Yep, it's there. You could spend your money on Final Fantasy. Don't do that. Phoenix Wright's where it's at. Well, neat. All right. I think that's going to do it for us this week. This this episode. I need to stop saying this week. We release every two weeks. I know that. Still say this week, it'll just be the week that they're listening to it. That's true. That's going to wrap us up for this week whenever you're listening to this. Uh, I'm Andrew. You can find me on Twitter at AC Sherman Writes. Uh, I have been Marn. You can find me on Twitter at Corpse Survivors. And you can find our show at Argonauts Pod or talk about the show with the hashtag, uh, hashtag ARG Pod, I think. Yep, that's it. And you can also email us at ArgonautsPodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at ArgonautsPod.com. Thanks for listening. Good night, everyone.